and we went into this place and it's um pretty cool place um the highest reading we got anywhere before this was 90 microsieverts per hour which is kind of a lot mm-hmm. like it's high that's one we found a crack at one place in the concrete which was 90 and the guy walks in and he's like okay don't touch don't touch anything yet um, and he asks for the gag counter and he there's a little piece of cloth on the reception desk just uh, and there's other things laying around but there's just one piece of cloth and it doesn't look like it's not out of place considering all the things that are, we've seen before it takes the gag counter up to it and it goes from and it's over 1200 microsieverts wow Sunday morning. Welcome, uh, everyone. We might as well just get into it, right? Welcome, FT After Hours Podcast, Sunday morning. Here we are in the studio. A little different uh, look here because there's this ginormous wing over here that's taken up all the tables. I'm not sure exactly what they're doing. Anyway, joining us today, all the way back from Florida and a long vacation. Mike, how did you handle it? Oh, my gosh. I'm recovering and not well, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> fighting a cold right now i hope i don't cough too much during this podcast all the way in the great white north in the bat cave if anybody follows andre russo (laughs) 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 oh it's gonna be a derailed show badly i'm sorry already yes good morning (laughs) and across the pond the nuclear contaminated swede david vindenstall Hey, how's it going? <laughs> I still think the Bat Cave is better. Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> All right. Well, I haven't really seen you guys or talked to you guys here much lately. Uh, first thing I just wanted to mention real quick, uh, I'm horrible on Facebook. I'm not on there much, so Andre's been kind of pushing me a little bit. We finally have a uh, FT After Hours Facebook page up now, so if you guys want to go check it out, uh, I've been trying to post some stuff on there. Andre's been posting stuff. I think Wayne's even uh, been on there now posting some stuff. So go check it out. We'll try to link all our pictures and videos and podcast stuff and whatever else we get into. We'll And Mike, Mike we got to get you on Facebook. I still don't have an account. Yes. You need an account. Yeah. It was. It's so annoying, like, sending up photos, <clears throat> and people are like, who's the guy in the middle? I'm like, oh, that's right. It's Mike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never... Uh, I've never got a Facebook account for whatever it's because reason. Because you so. didn't have a real phone till now. Yeah, true. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and uh, the flip phone that didn't have that capability. No, no, no. And uh, too, David, you're more than welcome. If you have any interest, I can uh, get you on there. And uh, if you if you'd like, that's up to you, bud. 
I think you already did. Maybe I did. See, I don't even know what I'm doing half the time, but maybe I did already. That could be. Um, okay. First of all, I know last podcast we talked like two and a half hours. Probably could have went three or four. We talked about flight tests. But, Mike, you weren't here. You were on vacation. You took off. David, you took off and was over in Chernobyl somewhere, or I don't know. Who knows where you were at? But, so... David, I'll just start with you first because this was really your first Flight Fest experience. I just wanted to you to talk about it a little bit and what your thoughts were on it. It was huge. Like first thing you like it's just big because I've been at Fury Field before, mm-hmm. like flying and shooting episodes, and then there's just like the whole thing is just smack full of RVs and tents and flight line. I mean it's it was long. Yes, but it was nice and compact compared to like uh, Joe Nall, where you have to literally get a cart, otherwise you die if you go one side to the other. Mm-hmm. And the belt tents are amazing. Like that's the best idea ever. So people can get in the shade, build and have a table set up and everything so they can actually do things mm-hmm. instead of just like normal uh, events. They just leave you to do whatever like here you can just more or less show up if you're from a long way uh, away and you just take a plane you can still be there and build stuff right and like feel like you have a home compared Mm -hmm. to if you fly in you have to become buddies with someone if you want a tent space right um yeah otherwise yeah it's a lot of people really good people very uh friendly bunch as usual. And uh, it's, uh, I made it up and down the flight line two or three times, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty good in three days. Yeah. The one time was with us in a golf cart, I know, and then we stopped and helped someone look for uh, a quad. Oh, yeah. That was right as we uh, pulled in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was good. And you got some video for the, the live feed. Yeah. Yes, correct. Uh, the crazy thing was, is even. This is the first Flight Fest, too, that I can say, Mike, I know you can attest to this because you've been all three, is the first, especially the first couple, like we were a group, like we went around together, hung out together, flew together. This one, I don't think I've, we were separated, I would say, 80% of the time. Like Mike's off one spot and then yeah. I'd see David, we'd hang out with David for a little while and then somebody would pull him or somebody would pull me and I'd be off and then Wayne, you know, we're, I'm texting each other, hey, where are you at? Where'd you go? Wayne's texting me, hey, where, what happened to you? You know, he's over there firing <laughs> off pictures, Andre's running around like an idiot yeah. in the volunteer tent. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it, it was just, it was crazy nutty, like how separated we were, you know, and not just like, I don't think we really except when we did our little bit of flying we were all together for very long at all that was nuts yeah it was it was uh but it was fun like it was it was good everyone like you you were never bored no not at all no (laughs) i I hung out with david more than i thought i mean i know he's not going to be around much and i really wanted to absorb it and i hope i didn't take from other people's meeting you (laughs) because i I was so happy just to get case out of it (laughs) i was just so happy to be with you though that was awesome i had a great time and that was awesome. Likewise, Mike. Yeah, I was expecting to hang out a lot more with you, Davis. Like, we, I, I don't even know if we got to even talk about my tricopter. I mean, I had it with me and I had all intentions. Oh, you did? Oh, yes, absolutely. I had all intentions. We were going to 
go through it, fix it up, put the firmware. That never happened. I was at the like I, Sunday. I we're packing up and we're in the car and I'm like, well, you were more like I should have been. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it left him alone. <laughs> no, I, that wasn't the intent at all. But it was. We, just, I, I won't forget. We went to the road right RV to try to cool off, and there was no air conditioning. Oh, like, really? Oh my gosh. So we're still sitting in there suffering. I'm like, oh. can we open a window or something? <laughs> oh my gosh! You know what I had in the car the whole time? What's that? And you frame and parts. Oh, see, see what I mean? See? What, did you leave it with he Chad? He was sandbagging. No, I did not. Oh, <laughs> no. You're kidding me. Oh, my uh, God. I saw it when I got back home. I'm like, oh. Because <laughs> you had mentioned you was going to bring stuff, I know, at one point. I know. We, that was the whole talk. We were going to get together. We are going to redo the tricopter. Especially for you. Yeah. You needed more parts uh, Yeah, because mine's in really bad yeah. shape. And I never got to it. I mean, it was just... Uh, so you almost like even though I was completely exhausted after four days, you almost needed like another couple of days almost, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I, I was telling you guys after the event was over and you see all the other videos, especially like I was down here with Dave and uh, I, I brought some of my footage down and I was looking at some of his footage. I couldn't believe like how much stuff I missed or didn't see or didn't catch. Or there was even a lot of people that were there, never seen him, didn't bump into him that I would like to talk to. And it was like, well, I, where, that, where were you? What happened? You know? It was crazy. You had some awesome footage of the event, too, that you've been putting I, on I tried, but that I'm telling awesome. you, there was a lot of stuff that I missed that I wish I would have filmed. Oh, and um, uh, I kind of keep tabs on Alex Edit. Of course, you guys know who he is. David, you know who he is. Yep. And when we did the world record attempt, everybody knows we talked on the last podcast. I, I wanted to fly the Phantom, but I didn't want to fly the Phantom. And actually, David, you were the one that talked me out of it to begin with because I was yes. all in and you're like, Chris, I don't think that's a good idea. Um, and you're talking. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Alex Edit was the one flying his Phantom in the no. uh, world record. Yeah, he's got footage of uh, the world record and he's got it wow. on his um, vlog. I was like, dang it. Maybe I should have. He's brave. He is. Yeah. yeah. That was wow. my comment. So, uh, actually, wow. Dave, uh, you taught, you did your, your session. Talk us through that, man. Oh, yeah. And I had a, uh, a very well planned and uh, thought out uh, session on <laughs> what day, day was it? Was it Saturday? Uh, um, no, I think it was Friday. 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 Yeah. Friday, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was going to be Saturday. And someone comes up to me at like nine in the evening. He's like, oh, I look forward to tomorrow. I'm like, yeah, what's tomorrow? <laughs> like, yeah, your talk, yeah. <laughs> your talk tomorrow morning. I'm like, I need to go home now. <laughs> um, so it was, uh, no, it was good. It turned out good. So I had, uh, when I got in there, everyone's all spaced out because uh, it's set up for a build um, are like teaching people how to build stuff. Uh-huh. So everyone has, there's two people to each table. I'm like, ah, just bring all the chairs in because we're not going to touch anything. So we sat in a semicircle and I just started rambling about one topic, like started with radios and then people asked questions and I formed the stuff around that. So uh, it well, it went a lot better than I thought it would. I, um, I think, yeah, I think in, in Eve. I, we said the same thing to Josh too, because he was all like, "I gotta get all the balls right." I said, "Josh, you probably could have just talked, and mm-hmm. people would have been so attentive to have a you know a one on one you know live chat." You know, sorry, Dave, keep going, keep going. Uh, no, that was it. 
<laughs> no, people seem to appreciate it. Really good questions, good bunch. And I, for uh, Joshua Orchard, I stole some minutes of his uh, as well because he was the the person going after me. I had no clue about time. <laughs> <laughs> Things, time. but it's uh, irrelevant. Yeah. Right. Yes, it is. But yeah, that I want, was it. Okay, who was going? Go ahead. We're good. Uh, I just wanted to ask you, what was your favorite part or best memory of Flight Fest while you were there? Uh, let's see. I think the Radium Fly, yeah. actually. Yeah. That was yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. That was so good. Just We announced it, and yeah. then we walk over, and I don't see anyone. Uh, like, or like one or two gliders there. I'm like, yeah, fine. And then as soon as you chuck those gliders up, they're like swarmed. Like, I don't know where they came from, yeah. but just people just threw them up, like, and it really looked, it looked like a gaggle, like. It did, really. Was that my, yeah. <laughs> it was, that was great. Um, that was fantastic. And everyone seemed to have a good time. And yeah. It was hard, though. It was, it, it was, was tough air. Yeah, it was fun and intense. Especially all at when the you went time. to land, that was pretty fun. Oh, I know you touched on yeah. it a little bit earlier. I, I, yeah. I was telling you the last one. I had a pretty gnarly, whoops, I've lost my radiant in the sky moment. And last year was, was tough. This year was like double the numbers plus all the low-moving traffic going across our faces. So I'm like, ah. Yeah. So I lost I lost visual mind for a good while and recovered it. But Well, since we're on the radiant yeah. topic, yeah, I probably you, should share you gotta my story. you got to talk when you oh lost yours because oh that and was epic. I know epic. Paul Jennings is watching. Yeah. He was literally my savior. Um I was, and like you guys said, there was a lot of them up there, and I lo- I looked up, and there was like three or four around me, and I looked down for like, just a split second, <laughs> and I look up, and I'm focused on three planes that are not mine. <laughs> I'm like, oh, one of them's got to be mine, and I and I'm like doing like just left and right, yeah, and and none of them respond, and then I'm watching these three intently, and they're not even my plane. I'm like, one of them's got to be mine. And I bet it was, it felt like an hour, obviously, but it was probably like 30 seconds. I did not have, I'm like, mine's in the woods somewhere at this point. I'm like, guys, I'm freaking out. And and then all of a sudden, I, I, like, I, I was so focused on those three, so sure that one of those three way up there. And I know Paul was like, bring yours down or something. You know, I was trying to give instructions to some other people to help me out. And uh He's like, Mike, there, I think that's you over here. And I'm literally like 20 yards off right at the landing strip. How I, how I <laughs> glided to a point that close to us is beyond me because I'm like, that is fine. There's the exit. And I, I, launched, I throttled up, saved it. I, I've never lost a plane for that long. And I'm telling you what, it about gave me a heart attack. As soon as I made one pass, circled it, brought it in. I'm like, I am done. This is the most intense flight I ever had as far as just, I thought for sure it was way out in the woods. I was like, okay, I just lost you a radiant. so white in the face. Uh, oh, my gosh. And and I couldn't believe like, it. Paul I'm said, done. you're there. And I'm purpose. I was purposing, right, you know, coming in. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that is my plane. And how close it was to me without even watching it. I, don't, I can't even believe it came back oh. like that. Unbelievable. I, that was unbelievable. I'll never forget that moment. There's no doubt about it. And we had probably five five or six crashes. <sighs> I yeah. thought I honestly thought it was way out in the woods. I'm not kidding. I'm like, I just lost a radio. This will be my third craft I've completely yeah. lost. Oh, that was the other thing, David. Uh, you definitely got some stick time on the Radiant XL, so I wanted to get your thoughts yes. on that, what you thought, you know. How was it's, it? Uh, uh, it's exactly <laughs> like a large, uh, like just a... Um, a normal radian, mm-hmm. really. 
like it doesn't it didn't feel any different when it was up in the air uh it felt a little bit heavier mm-hmm. climb was not as good mm-hmm. uh but yeah you can just it, you obviously fly it further away and higher up yeah and that's kind of it i i mean it feels like a ton of bricks when you throw it it does it's it heavy does, it, it does go with that that cord is so thick mm-hmm. like it's um so yeah it it was exactly the way they 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 should have done it her pike or periscope quit ow ow yeah. <laughs> oh, everyone's blowing up. That's, like, that's Wayne telling us. I know. Us I wonder periscope why the periscope. Well, I saw I lost connection. I'll People go check it. Like, you guys keep talking. Yeah. Sure thing. <laughs> um, did you try the XL, uh, Andre? No. Someone. Someone. I was okay. I was busy beyond belief. So I would fly, then run away. Fly, run away. <laughs> yeah. So no, I didn't get a chance to do the XL. And that, that's where Chris has come. We said in the last podcast. Um, rather than the May trip, I think I should have. We should have said, okay, we're gonna do Flight Fest, and then we're gonna stay over for an extra couple of days and fly. Ah. But I think, I think at that point, I would have been so exhausted, it, it wouldn't have made a difference. But you know, oh, yeah, I, I, I watched it because every time it launched, the launches to me looked the, the most gnarly. Like it looked like it just had enough power to get up. Because I, I would put my my radiant at seventy five percent and go whoof, up like a dart, right? And you you just get out of the crowds right away, but. This thing looked like a big, you know, like 747 kind of thing trying to get off the ground with everything it's got. <laughs> yeah, but you're like, you hold it and it's so heavy and yeah. it doesn't have that much power. So when you throw it, you don't want to just go like pull the nose right, up. Yeah. It feels yeah. it feels prudent to just climb it slowly. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels, uh, it's different. Um, yeah. Like, and you can tell if you pull too much, it feels like it's going to slip backwards again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to be, uh, you have to be on it. I don't know. It was, I absolutely detest how the wings come together, though. Like there's so many screws. Like there's screws everywhere. Otherwise, it was good. How did you, how did you find the landings? Because I watched Chris come in, and boy, that thing looks like it picks up a lot of speed on final. Uh, It was fine. Um, It, I don't know. It. It felt fine. The spoilers does help. It doesn't. I mean, for people that have never flown a sailplane with spoilers, the spoilers does not actually do a lot. They just help you. It feel the plane feels the same. It just bleeds off some energy. Um, but no, it was it was fine. It I don't I didn't overshoot it even on the first try that much. Like it's I don't know just. It feels like a truck, though. Like when you land it, like, <laughs> if you if you if you land on someone, that thing is going to be flat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a big plane. Um, but the first, like like we said in the last one, the, the the biggest thing we noticed is once everybody got up on deck, everybody was in the air. They all looked the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Even the yeah the XL and the normal radian, you have no clue. Even the micro radian, when that flew, uh, when everyone's a silhouette, you have no clue. Yeah. Uh, I know, and everybody was like, because everybody was like, well, did, did the tape work out? Did you put any circles on the bottom of your radio? And I said, after a while, they all doesn't matter. Black. Yeah, because I had big black X's on mine, and I couldn't Yeah, tell it doesn't matter. That. It didn't yeah. matter, yeah. for sure. All right. Uh, well, of course, they don't know what happened, but uh, when you listen to this later, what happened was my battery was actually low on my iPad. It is plugged in, and it is charging, but the charger couldn't keep up with the live feed, and it died. So no, no more Periscope okay. today, so. We'll just keep uh, on going. Uh, 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 
Okay. Yeah. Sorry, folks. Yep. No be. That's fine. It's not that big a deal, but um, all right, Mike. I know you got a list over there, so if you, <laughs> you want to talk a little oh, bit about I, what I kind of caught off guard here. Well, I know I I was golf carting people around, and Andre, I wanted to apologize if I took the <laughs> shuttle shuttle stuff away, but. Uh, <laughs> I would have loved to have had those carts at Disney World and Hollywood Studios and stuff like that because, oh, my gosh. I, I honestly, I love that, and I'm definitely going to volunteer to do golf carting people around because I got to talk to people and let them know about podcasts if they weren't informed uh-huh. or if they knew me. It was great, and yeah. you could share stories because some of the questions I'd ask people, I'm like, what's your favorite flight test video? Uh-huh. And, and you could always relate on a topic, and then they would just start the conversation rolling. You yeah. know? They're like, well, I really like this one and the kids and stuff. I just love talking to the people and sharing the same interest, you yeah. know, it's, it's just awesome. I think it Even was for Friday. That split second, you yeah, know, you when get, I'm when I'm carting people. I mean, it, I, I did use it to it get get me to certain locations at points that I needed to get to. But at, if there was people needing a ride, I'm like, hop in, I'll take care of you, and I can go. Yeah, you know, I, I wanted to help people as far as getting where they needed to go. And then I know on the last day, um, these two kids, and I wanted to bring this story up. Uh, there was two kids. I think they're from New York. Unfortunately, I did not get their names. And they had all this gear, equipment. They were in a build tent, and they uh-huh. had so much. And I'm like, okay, I, I, they probably could have drove down to that point in their minivan and loaded because it was kind of you know things were settling now. I'm like, I'll, you know, I got I actually swapped my cart for one of the big shuttle carts so they could get their whole family on. And uh, he had all these all these plain like pieces and parts and he's like look what we found in the trash people were throwing us away i instantly thought young andre you know he saw a vision yeah. of a parent they were going to frankenstein frankenstein like 12 planes together you know it was like right. he was so excited he's like people were throwing this stuff away you know he's got like a fuselage here a broken wing they had so many parts i was just losing i'm like oh i'm and thinking to myself i didn't want to offend them i'm like man go for it you know you want you're you're obviously about flight and functionality and all I could oh, think wow. of was young, young Andres. You know, they saw these things were going to fly no matter what. And they're like, can you believe someone threw this away? It was like a radiant fuselage. And they did have some some decent parts, but it's going to be a lot of work oh, to get gosh. these things going, you know. And I'm like, I'm just laughing hysterically. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that is so on. So they really were like kids in a candy oh, store. Oh, they were. They were picking up people's scraps and, like, they were going to Franken- Frankenstein all these planes together. And they were so happy and excited. I'm like, this is great. So that's a little take wow. I saw there that just shuttling people around. But I, I just absolutely love doing that. Um, I, I think it was Friday. You were on that cart pretty much all day Friday. Uh, I seen you. Like, well, there goes my And you know, I went home and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to cart that much because I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> I didn't sign up on the, the volunteer thing or nothing, you know, for shuttling people. Yeah, because the first day we got in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I, was, kept, I was using the emergency vehicle, the first, you know, one we, of those yeah, days. I know. We I'm kept like, driving okay. by Andre throwing up his arm. I need my cart. Where are you guys going? We'll be right back. And we drive by. Hey, where's my cart? I need my cart. Well, then there was points where I saw carts sit and not shuttle anyone and yeah. that's when i'm like okay let yeah. me help out here and yeah. I, I just i just hated to see them sitting and not no one using them either yeah. at different points i right. don't know what happened those americans there, stealing canadian jobs <laughs> 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 but my my hat goes down to you andre i mean you handled the volunteering thing you were so responsible we were we were pulling and dra- trying to drag you out and you were so back, re- back, you were, back up. don't, don't 
use that word on me. God. Well, you were more responsible than I would have ever God. been. There's no way I would have been organ- well organized and handled that such a task like you you had handled that. And I actually look up to you for that. I, thank you. I, I'm I not had kidding. so much fun. And everybody, everybody's heard this one, but I, I've had so much fun. Actually, it's 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 made going back to normal, you know, the normal routine really hard because it was like, wow, you know, it's uh, it was an eye opener. And I had so. No, I just wanted to compliment you. I wasn't trying to insult you by being responsible. <laughs> I mean, I wish my I know my wife wishes I was more responsible like that. Cause I'm still like this no, teenager no. running was, around. It was but, good. No, I had a lot of fun. That it really, you know, yeah, and, I got it. And you it, kept mentioning the time you had in Ohio with us. And if you keep doing that, we won't be on you so much because <laughs> we did have a great time then too. So now we'll, we'll figure something else. Yep. We get to extend and we'll stay around Flight Fest or something. You know, hang out longer spurts and everything. Uh, and and I know we mentioned that. So David, I I don't know if you heard the story, but yeah, the uh, my my Tyrannus just absolutely. Just died on I heard, yeah. So um, that put a damper on. Now uh, that's so Fury Field is two for two as far yes. as taking the Tyrannus down. But our I spectrums are working though, right, Chris? Huh? Our yeah, my are... spectrum's working great. I haven't had any problems with any of my radios. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead with your Tyrannus ordeal. Oh, uh, you guys are evil. <laughs> I, I bought a plus because. Um, I, I had to get back up in the air because it's silly. And just, ironically enough, I still have not flown since Flight Fest. I've done some quick, small stuff in the backyard uh, with my dad, but um, I really haven't gone out to the field. But it was one of those. I sat there and we died. We went through this whole thing, David, top to bottom, had it on the scope, everything, talking to a bunch of people. Power's right. Everything's right. This, this sounds purely like a CPU failure. Hmm. Does... Oh, you had a scope with you? Sco- oh man, yeah, yeah. My dad, my dad. We went over. I went over to his place because he had the really fine soldering irons and everything. And he's got his mm. scope. In fact, he's like, "Why, why haven't you set up the scope I gave you?" I'm like, "I'm working on it. <laughs> Got to get the bench set up for it." But uh, everything looks like it's supposed to go. Like, like there's juice going, there's power going, the, the flow. The, you know, there's no breaks and continuities or anything like this. So this thing looks like a pure-on CPU failure. So I have bought a Plus, and I tell you, there's a bit of a curve in a reprogramming requirements when you go from Plus. Well, one, I went from a Plus, plus I went from like 2.0 to 2.1 with the software. Oh, yeah. So nothing, nothing is, is the same. But I tell you, that 2.1 software is beautiful. Like, like you get some really... Because um, I had to go back and reset all the varios and stuff, you you get a lot more, you can a lot more fine tuning available to you. So, I know I hate it. It's <laughs> terrible. There's so much stuff. I mean, you can literally write your own program to control your house with it. Yeah. It's. <laughs> I'd rather have just a normal function called Expo. Expo. Yeah. Well, yeah, true. In the end, that's that's yeah, and it was. And it was things like all my timers weren't weren't working the way they're supposed to be, and I was just like, ah, oh. so and and to go and rebind every single receiver, mm. my goodness. So, mm. there, but it's working plus. now. You're you're good and be, the plus be able is to good. Uh, yes, the plus is up. Uh, the only thing I need to do with the plus now is I need to change the gimbal springs because my previous mm. radio had upgraded springs. So then I went back to the stock ones. And I'm like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> Uh, do you fly hard or soft sticks? Uh, I actually have picked up um, some hard Futaba um, <laughs> springs. 
uh, and I'll be putting those in. But that's I actually have to work up the courage to open the brand new radio. But while I'm in there, I may just uh, see if any of the, the gimbal controls are the same and stuff and just test back and forth between the two radios. Now, I know I can go to Loft Hobbies and I can pick up uh, replacement main boards for about uh, $90 or something like that. So um, my plan is to try and get the other Tyrannus, the old Tyrannus, back up and running. And then I can, you know, basically push out the uh, the nine X radios. Mm-hmm. So I'll just off the two Tyrannuses, and then I have a six channel um, Trinity that James likes because his hands can fit. He finds the nine uh, X is not too big for his hands right now, so he just says, ah, "You know, can I just use this one when we buddy box?" I'm like, "Yeah, okay." So hopefully, uh, he eventually, uh, you know, decides that he wants a, a more programmable radio, and so I'll probably keep one of the nine X's just for that, and just give away the other one so actually i had someone ask me already about it so i'll pretty well box it up when i'm ready and ship it off hmm. cool. hey, i got a dumb question because i don't know anything about tyrannus and <clears throat> obviously we fly spectrum and i have nothing against the tyrannus except one thing david and i know you have one so let me know if i'm nuts you know i <clears throat> the price and i think what you're getting it is a fantastic radio but i hate the gimbals the gimbals to me are horrible like just, mm-hmm. uh, am I crazy or nope? From it's the they are terrible, absolutely horrendously terrible, and hmm. they get worse. No kidding. Like, yes, they do. Hmm. So, I mean, uh, Kevin, um, the Rotorite, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Um, oh man, I'm drawing a blank on his screen name. Don't um, Stinger Swarm. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, <clears throat> he. <laughs> his Tyrannus is, is so bad that it looks like the flight controller is out of tune because it doesn't register around midpoint and it's so soft. Like it goes back and forth all the time. It's oh, so awful. Geez. I'm like, replace it. And I'm like, yeah, I have gimbals on the way. So what people do today is they buy the Aurora 9 gimbals and put into uh, the Tyrannus. Okay. Yeah. That's so, my yeah. only really big gripe with that radio. Yeah, and um, all the rest of it, too. (laughs) (laughs) I think for the price, they're hard to beat, though, really. It is amazing what you can do with it and how it works and the... The uh, the RC link and everything. It is a fantastic piece of hardware you get for that price. Right. It just doesn't do the way I want it to. Yeah. And I, I looked into some of those other. Uh, well, I looked into a couple of the other radios, and I was told, "No, stick with the plus; it'll do." And yep. then, miraculously, I uh, I got a note from one of my other buddies going, "Hey, free free shipping event from Hobby King," and I'm like, oh, "Done. It's it's meant nice. to be. Done. Just just do it." Because I was sitting there going, "Okay, I can use the nine X. I got. I'll switch over some modules into some of the other planes so I can fly." And I'm doing all this work, and I'm like, "This is crazy." About three quarters of the fleet is now inaccessible to me because I don't have a. And then another buddy was like, "Oh, I'll send you a module, you know, that you can run in mm-hmm. your your nine Xs." And I'm like, "That's just terrible." <laughs> and then I get back into the nine X module, which is the you know early version of OpenTX, and I'm like. Oh boy! <laughs> well, it's like going from a you know your Mac Pro Pro back to a Commodore sixty four. You get the functionality, but it's not the functionality you're used to anymore. Yep. All so, right, that you, was my little venture. All right, Mike, go ahead, oh. hop in there, buddy. Oh. Finish what you want to. <laughs> well, I re- I remember when we were trying to get um, 
the course they're going for uh, David Vindestel, um That um, oh. what was Tim? What was Tim Morat? Yeah. Uh, yep, got you. And like we had a, the wrong. We we needed first of all like because you needed a battery, I know. And I gave you a battery, but then I had the Dean connector, and you needed. And I had a Dean connector to XT60, but they had the other connector. I forget what the name of it is now. And, and this uh, this kid, I think I think I got his name thanks to Tim because he was just giving us the parts we needed to get that plane going. And it, and I'm like, this how sad is this? We're we're borrowing electronics from a kid, you know. I'm like, this is pretty pathetic. Yeah. And I I got the kid's name, and I just wanted to give him a big thanks. That I think it's Joshua Wright, and uh, he yep. he gave us a receiver. I forget, like a little. I don't. Which receiver? He gave us a Spectrum receiver, I think, or what? What was? We it? did give that back though, because I felt still bad stealing from the sure, kid. sure. And but just the idea that he was willing and to give us those parts just to get you in the air was just great. Because I think he would have gave yeah. it to you. I don't think he he was that type of person. And I ended up getting a picture with him. Like least I could do is give you a shout out on the podcast for your generosity. Yes, thank you to get get uh, D- David flying at the event because obviously you're not bringing planes from where you came from and stuff. So we definitely wanted to get no. you in the air as much as possible. He definitely he helped us crazy. out. And then, yes. And then um, was it was his name Frank? They had a mini tricopter that you were trying to help him out with too. Was that yes. his name, Frank? Oh, I don't that remember was, his uh, name. Yeah, that's what is it? A but Swiss he was, freak, I think. On man, uh, he was very yeah. knowledgeable. I, I mean, he I, knew that guy was great. He he knew yeah. a lot. I mean, he did his homework. I mean, he, I, poor yeah. guy. He had like what was it? Two of your frames, I think, or at least two trying yep. to get that thing running and i know you gave him some information and stuff trying to help was, him out he had the weirdest problem i've ever seen and i don't know we still like, don't know the details of what was going on no there but yet. It's, it seemed to be fixed with the newest firmware release though oh okay. we don't know why huh. but <laughs> oh he did get it running then you think you talk yes. or, oh, that's great that's absolutely great but I know he was helpful and very nice guy. He had some good stories too, and I wanted to give him a shout out. Yeah. Oh man, oh, he was great. Really nice guy. And uh, you know the and I wanted to thank you on the podcast as well, David, because you got I bugged you to death. I was like that little kid, you know, at the candy store, not giving up until I got what I wanted. You know, <laughs> I was like, this is that was pretty pathetic on my part, but but I do appreciate but you your did, help. You get. I, do I really did get a Pelican case and a voltmeter out of it, yeah. so I'm happy. Well, I, I had to at least do something. I mean, you, you definitely put more time than you should have at such a big event for me, and I wanted to th- give you a big thank you for that. It's nice and, to get uh, out of the sun, too, sometimes. And um, But at least I got yes. that big, bulky receiver out of my mini trident, I and know. I got plenty of room in there. i got to so come excited. down to your house now. And I'm <laughs> so excited, and it, thank you so much. I, I, just the configuration of it, I would have struggled with. The firmware upgrades, I think i can handle but that that was going to be beyond my abilities and i know there's a video out there why i can't find these videos and stuff i was beyond me i do search i just can't find the information for whatever reason but thanks again i, and I love the t-shirt oh i know the t-shirt absolutely one love of my the favorites. t-shirt in fact i thought i lost it this morning i'm like i was like I felt like I was going to cry. I'm like, it's got to be here somewhere. But luckily, it was in the dirty laundry basket. She just didn't do the laundry. I'm like, oh, thank God. And then I found another shirt I was going to wear was the Flight Test Community Podcast to give Mike Ooh. Finley a little oh, shot. Yeah. And I looked at the yeah. size. It was a small. I'm like, oh, my <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, my put son, that baby on. I'm like, my son wouldn't fit in this thing. So I don't know. He might have told me that when he gave it to me. But I'm like, no way. Is that ever going on my chest? Because it would be like a tank top. <laughs> or, 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 or like a, a, a cutoff shirt, I mean. So, uh, oh my well, gosh, 
what blows my mind is, is we put a plane in the hands of David Vinnenstoll in three combats and a Radian in the world record attempt, and they basically all came back in one piece. That's what completely blew my mind. I thought for sure, know, David, I, you'd be able to completely destroy <laughs> that Corsair, and it didn't happen. I thought so, too. No, but the the faith of... Uh, I know the Spectrum Radio likes Andre, then. <laughs> it locked me out. Yeah. I, 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 that's what I said. I had never been so happy to hear about a brownout in my life. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I would have gotten that good. You would have... Yeah. Well, guess what? It's in my house. It's on the rack. It's waiting for a motor. It's all mm-hmm. set up. I bought an elevator replacement. I got a new I cowl on it. Nice. So it's uh, she's she's already and I'm gonna make and I put the uh, team gave me the uh, the wing skids. So it's a belly lander. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Quick story on that. So Tim comes over and he's like, "I want you to fly this in the combat." I'm like, um, "No." Like, yeah, I want you to fly in the combat. Chris didn't want to take it. I'm like, "Chris didn't want to take it." Yeah, it's brand new. I. I want to. I want you to fly in the combat. I'm like, no. He's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm like, okay, okay. I'm not that hard to convince. <laughs> and but we couldn't get it going. And ran over to the tent and like and uh, started talking to people as usual. I'm like, oh, combat. And what was it like 20 minutes? We're like, oh, we need to get this going. So go over to the uh, build tent that was next doors, and I just yeah shout. Anyone can get this ready. And four people just show up and start working on it, which is awesome. Which is, I don't know. I don't know if every anyone can do that, but it's it's one of the perks. Yeah, talking yeah. to people. <laughs> um, so yeah, they got to go, and uh, we just had to switch the stupid receiver because it's stupid. <laughs> it's one of those Ace Three X ones. Oh yes, um, yes, yes. Because this was a safe plane. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah, 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 yeah. And we, we could not get it to turn off. Like we. Oh, that's uh, right. We looked were through the radio. Frank was there. He pulled up his phone. Uh, Swiss Freak and like helped out a ton. And yeah. we could not get this thing to n- not, not interfere with me. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so switch receiver went out. Did a maiden, and then I ran back to the uh, the tent and. Uh, started antagonizing Chad Nowak a bit. See if I could get him <laughs> riled up for the combat. Oh my gosh, he was—he had me in tears at some points, laughing in the RV with him. He got—he oh, is a great yeah. guy to hang out with, and, and I'll tell you, he'll get you laughing. I, know. I don't care who you are, he'll get you laughing. <laughs> we had some oh, great times great. with him. Yeah. So yeah, we flew in the combat, and uh, I slap batted him. So the person, if the, he didn't bring me down, I got to slap him yep. and vice versa. <laughs> nice. And I lost pretty hard. And he got oh. he got you unexpectedly too. I thought. Yeah, he, he did. turned I'm away, like, and I next turned... thing you know, you turn back, and it's right there. You know. Smack. Yeah, that was good. That was fun. <laughs> I loved it when you put. I think you're more of a vampire than even I am. It was awesome to see someone so, so like me because you had your shirt over oh, your yeah. head. And all we and you mentioned once you mentioned it, it was like the Beavis and Butthead thing TP for Butthead. I just start losing. It. Oh my gosh! I look at that picture on Instagram and I just start laughing because I'm like, that is perfect for that scenario. Uh, and I'm I'll tell you, I got burnt the first day in Florida, and I went and bought one of those T-shirts. It's fifty plus. Uh, SPF or uh-huh. whatever. And I'm like, I got a water shirt. I'm like, man, I was hurting so bad and itching. I'm like, I hate the sun. It's just, uh, it's like death yeah. to me. All right. Anything I mean, else? Anybody uh, want to mention anything else real quick? We'll yeah. get going. Or, go ahead. If oh, you, 
Are we almost? Like, no, we're uh, like 40 okay. minutes in. That's all. We uh, got a million other things. Uh, well, um, I know you mentioned on the log, last yep. podcast, but the Venom charging station, if they yeah. can do that again, I that know. is phenomenal. Taking my batteries to that. I utilize Yes, you as did. As soon as I found out about it, I'm like, oh, man, this and, is awesome. And a little behind the scenes, Mike would and, take a bunch of me and go, okay, Chris, take the rest of these and go over and tell them they're yours. <laughs> They started putting a limit on it, and I was hogging up the stations. And I'm like, you use the buddy system. You can get as many batteries That's as right. you want. So, so hold on. Let's back up here. So, let's see. <laughs> so Mike was stealing golf carts and, and you know, overutilizing yes, the charge stations okay. yes. for the rest of the people. I am so busted, man. I am so, they're going to kick me out of this, this joint. And, and I didn't even get to the part yeah, where I really should have got kicked out of the park. convinced me to steal ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I am really the bad apple in this group, aren't I? I'm going to get like no. That, I was just kidding. We really didn't Man. steal ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Don't uh, get me laughing. I'll cough and never quit coughing. Uh, oh my gosh. Okay. And then um, what? Oh well, I don't know. I got a lot of stories here. Um, Eric Monroe has a true talent beyond his sword abilities. Everything else. <laughs> His voice impersonation, oh my gosh, I was in tears. He does the perfect, the absolute Hank perfect Hill. Mr. Anderson or Hank, Hank Hill. Hill. They're for the same voice. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I was in tears. And I think it's just because I can relate to the Beavis and Butthead more so than anything because I, I watched that all the time. And you talk about sophomoric humor. <laughs> Oh my gosh! It's, we were up till three o'clock, and I feel bad. I hope people were so exhausted at this event that they were able to sleep through my laughing that <laughs> evening because I was beyond loud, and I, I should have been kicked out. Because when, <laughs> when you guys were just talking normal voice in the morning, and yeah. I could hear you that clear, I'm like, oh my gosh! No wonder Paul Jennings could hear me four rows over in his <laughs> RV, you know? Because we ended up bringing him out in the know. RV, and he's like, I heard you clear. I don't even remember where he was camped out, but it was pretty far. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And these poor people, they had to drive the next day. I'm like, I went home, took a four-hour nap. <laughs> and I'm like, they got to drive to Canada, you know, all these places or whatever. And I'm like, gosh, especially Mike Finley. He was up most of the time. Yeah. I'm like, How did he get home safely? I don't even know. Oh. But, oh, Eric had me in tears. He does a spot-on impersonation that is a true talent in my book. And I had him trying to do it for my ice cream buddy the next morning. He's like, uh-huh. I lost my voice. He's like, I don't think I can do it. I'm like, you got even if you just say one word, you got to say one word. And he was able to manage to do it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. he is. I want to get him on the podcast oh, yeah, we eventually. Are for sure. For because sure. I, did, I, mean, I always have a great time with him. But yeah. when he pulled that out of the can... At that campfire that night, oh my gosh, that I was, was losing it. And then also, I know what's Big Ben's? Do you know Ben Greenwald? Ben Greenwald. Yep. Oh my gosh, I, I against another reason I should got kicked out. I had a laser pointer. Everybody hates laser. Oh, pointers. that's I forgot about this story. And, and um, he wanted me to share this and. So I, at first I was hitting laser pointers from back where we were camping, so people couldn't really see. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking it's night flying. I'm not hitting people in the eyes. I'm I'm trying to hit their planes. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge. I didn't. Okay, it might be a distraction, but I didn't think it'd be huge enough to cause a wreck or anything. I mean, I don't have much justification because I know everyone hates laser pointers. But I thought night flying, more lights in the air, the better off we are. Well, here I was sh- shooting on planes, and then Mike Finley's like, I was wondering who that little. 
punk kid was doing that, and here it was you. And he's like, he, then he's like, I was gonna go yell at him or something. And I'm like, and then when he found out it was me, he's like, ah, it's fine, whatever. <laughs> well, then we're out there, and I'm like, I'm hitting this one kid's, or actually, I don't know if it was a kid, but it was a plane. It was a late, later in the evening, and I'm on the flight line, so you can see directly where the laser's coming from. Mm-hmm. And uh, this this bigger kid. I don't know if he was a kid or what. He goes, no, and he's yell. He started. He turned around and yelled before he even saw who who he was yelling at. He just wanted the laser pointer off this. I think it was a Cessna or something. Uh-huh. Or no, was it Apprentice? I don't, I don't know. know. But um, and he's like, no, and he's like yelling at me like I'm a, like a well, probably the way I was acting, you know, twelve year old <laughs> or whatever. And uh, and the big Ben turned around. I was like, you know who you're talking to, and he's a big guy. Yeah, and he turned right back around and went walking. I, I shut off the laser. I'm not gonna, you know, fine, yeah. whatever. If they don't like it, I'm not gonna make it worse, you know, type thing. But I'm like, I, you know, I'm not hitting people in the eyes with this thing or anything. But oh, Ben would start laughing. He's like, you know who you're talking to, and he turned that guy around so fast. <laughs> and I, and we're not trying to make enemies yeah. by no means you know but yeah. i shut it off the remainder of the time but he's like you got to share that story because it was too too funny that he was going to chew you out and then <laughs> then he quickly backed off but i was i couldn't believe it because i'm like i just thought it was a pretty pretty scene with the the lights in the air and stuff yeah but, oh well lesson learned and i ended up losing my laser at uh florida yeah one of those places <laughs> i don't know um, I ended up one it. thing I wanted to mention real quick, I don't think I talked about it. Uh, we had all intentions of doing more live feeds. Um, I set everything up, uh, was dealing uh, with Dave Knopp and getting everything, but we had a lot of issues with the live feed. Uh, we couldn't get any audio out of it, and Dave couldn't figure it out. I know they had the one uh, tech guy there trying to figure it out, and we thought we had it figured out, and we tried it again, and just... For two days, we couldn't get the audio to work, and Dave finally said, you know what, I got too much to do. I don't want to deal with it, so we just kind of put it off. Now, I did use my phone one time uh, when we kind of went around the back of the flight line and and filmed some live stuff, but the problem with using my phone, it literally killed my battery. Like in 10 minutes, it was completely dead, so that didn't work out very well. So if anybody was wondering about the live feed, why there wasn't more, why we didn't post stuff up, just because we were having a lot of audio issues with it, so we just kind of scrapped it and went to doing Periscope and Facebook stuff. So uh, just wanted to throw that out there real quick. All right, anything else, Mike? Oh, yeah, I got tons. Uh, I don't think people want to hear all my stories, to be honest. With you. But uh, uh, the, 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 the world record attempt, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I want to partake in this. So I got in the line. I waited my half hour when mm-hmm. I got my flag. I think it was 157. And... Uh, I wanted to put the FT flyer in with my Spectrum DSMX receiver and radio. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so I. I oh, get the, this is a good story here. I get Sorry, up, that's I get, me, Andre. Uh, I'll stop it. I get up to the flight line and, <laughs> and I wanted to use you as my spotter. And you're like, well, I'm spotting, I forget, or someone, I don't know who you was spotting or what, was you partaking in it? Uh, yeah, I was spotting for Mike Finley. Mike Finley. Yeah. So he grabbed you off of me. I'm like, dang it. So I have no spotter. I grab a guy I worked with that's since retired, and he spotted me. And so I was, I think, uh, the last one up and then the first one down because it was a little FT flyer mm-hmm. that was going to stay close. And I launch it, and it just keeps going straight away. I'm like, 
I'm like, I'm banging the sticks and it's just going right to the woods. I'm like, he's like, what are you doing, Mike? I'm like, I, I have no control at all. But it, it mean it had throttle for whatever reason. It, it, it was locked, stuck on, yeah. And uh, it's going for the woods and it just finally went out of sight over the swale and the the soybeans or whatever. He's, so I'm like, you got to drop my flag. You know, I didn't make the minute, yeah. or, obviously. So I didn't, I didn't make make the minute up, and I didn't get in the book or whatever. But I'm like, you know what? I wonder what happened. And they're at, someone was telling me what receivers they were using. I'm like, I wonder what I had in that FT Flyer. Well, I opened it up, and I and assumed you, it was a DSX. Yeah, you thought it was DMSX, and uh, which which basically frequency hop sixty, cha- I think sixty plus channels mm-hmm. or something, so you can maintain a. A link or yeah. link, and uh, I open it up, and it is the cheapest receiver I think I own. It was an orange DSM two, <laughs> so I'm only scanning two channels. I had no chance in heck of getting <laughs> maintaining flight with all that noise up oh, there. And yeah. I'm only scanning two channels. I'm like, oh my gosh! No wonder I went to the woods. I'm like, I was doomed from the get go. I couldn't believe. I was so distraught when I opened that up and saw what receiver I had in that flyer. I'm like, dang it, because I know I'm like I never struggled with a flyer like that, and I'm like, wow. But it was definitely a lot of lot of signals in the air there. There was no doubt, but it was it was still fun to be part of. There's no doubt about it. I I did an attempt, but as bad as it was, I did an attempt on the matter. But oh my gosh! By the way, Chris, yeah. your radio is not healthy. The, what the, the DX8 on it? Yeah. Oh like, yeah, it's yeah, your yeah. Antenna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing's been. That's basically why I got a new uh, DX9. It pro- I probably ought to send uh, it in and get. Is that it the fixed. one you were flying the Mini Tri with? No, 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 oh, no. Okay, because no. I know you lost the signal or something. <clears throat> no, I had David was flying my uh, Radiant on my old DX8 uh, radio, <clears throat> and the uh, antenna's been broke on that thing like forever. So it worked fine. Though. Oh, and then the finish. <laughs> yeah, it worked. Fine. It worked great. <laughs> no issues. <laughs> no. To finish my story of the FT Flyer, so we're out looking for our planes. I'm like, mine might have made it to the woods. I don't know. And uh, so I'm going way out there, and I'm still not quite out there. And I stumbled across an ultra-micro radian, like a little warbird. I'm not sure what exactly it was, like a little bomber maybe or something. And it was camouflaged, and I'm like, man, no one would ever find it. I mean, if the fa- if I went and almost stepped on it, no one was going to find it. Blended into the beans so well, mm-hmm. so I'm like, I'm going to at least pick it up, hold it up, or take it back at least. I hold it up, and the kid way he managed to get a lot further than me. He's holding up my FT flyer. He's like. Oh great, you found it! And here it was his sister's UMX radiant, so we did a swap. Oh, but he came back. I'm like, you got my plane, and I got. It. So it was kind of cool. That that kind of ended the world record attempt for me on a positive note. Yeah. I mean, mind you, it's just a flyer, and it had an orange receiver in it. But but the fact that I found his UMX radiant, I think he was more relieved about that. I could see the relief in his eyes. So that was great that I found that for them. But wow. I just wanted to share the end of the the world record attempt there. But that was pretty cool to see all those planes in the air. And since I wrecked so early, mm-hmm. I got, you got to, to enjoy. see it. I said the same I thing. I'm, I'm kind of glad I didn't fly it. in it because you you could just sit back and and, and take, take it, it in. in. Yeah, yes. I agree. Anything else? Uh, well, while you're looking at that, yes, I wanted to bring ahead. something up uh, real quick. Uh, Andre's had this really bad week with uh, dropping things on his foot and there's bats in his house, but. You know, 
amongst all that, he was doing some cleaning and uh, I had to laugh because I thought maybe I was the only one that does this. And, and I'm happy to say that I found somebody else. And I don't know if anybody else is like this, but I wanted to just bring up real quick. And if, if you are like this, you can you can maybe share what we feel or why we do this. I really don't know. But Andre says, you know what? I have I forget what it was, Andre. You said, uh, I got these boxes here. I don't know if it was from the Pawnee or whatever. And I've been sitting here. And oh, I, yes. And I just got rid of them. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I am the same way. I, I buy it. Now, Mike, I don't know if you do this. I buy a plane. I, I take it out of the box. I put it all together and I fly it, but I keep the box for like six months and it just sits there. It doesn't do anything. I have all my boxes. You have all your boxes. Yeah. boxes and right. and I don't know why. And like six months later, like you idiot, just throw it out. Why are you keeping it? It's taking up space. You're not using it for anything. You see anything. my radiant, how I bring the wings yeah. all the time in the box. Yeah, the, the the radiant is different, but everything else, especially once you fix the the uh, the elevator, you're you're not putting it back in the box. Yeah, exactly. right. So it's I thought it's like, hoarding. Uh, yeah, kind of. I guess I just I did, well. Did. It's in the case of the Pawnee. The Pawnee and I, our relationship started off so poorly that I was like, this plane is going to get sold, right? <laughs> And, you know, until I flew it in the winter with the skis on and really got comfortable. And then Mike Mike saw how much I was enjoying the Pawnee when we were in oh, Ohio Chad's. and how, oh how I could fly that thing, right? That I just started awesome. flying it like a race car, and it made all the difference. So I had forgotten that I had the box underneath the storage area, and Laura, Laura was going through looking for something. She says, by the way, there's a plane box. And I'm like, oh, that's right. I re- I'm go, oh, it's the Pawnee one. I'm like, okay, yeah, toss. The plane is – I'm not getting rid of the plane. Um I kept a couple of the Warbird boxes, but again, once you fix the elevator, like, oh, what are you going to do? Break the whole thing apart for you know? If I if my thing was if I was ever going to sell the airplane, I, I haven't sold an airplane yet, so me either. Yeah, and it's just like the Radiant XL box is still sitting in my garage. I'm never going to use the box again. I'm not getting rid of yeah. the XL. Why is it sitting there? It's like just get rid of yeah. it, you dummy. Yeah. I just thought that so was I said I went funny. through and I, I I collected all the boxes and just said yeah I'm committed to every one of these airplanes um, you know I and I bought the the P fifty one Joshua Orchard actually had found the box in, in his but he had to what he I think he had to do with the, the the elevator was glued in so he modified the blocks but anyhow he was able to send the wing and I went if I ever sold something and had to ship it that uh, would be ridiculously expensive so it's still easier for someone to buy it you know in yeah. the US and if i want to trade something i'll trade locally you know so i just said oh get rid of them right so yeah but that's funny yeah that, that funny. i thought maybe i was the only one so i'm glad i'm not um oh. the, the the umx boxes yeah mm-hmm. i keep those cuz oh, it's yeah, probably yeah. the safest cuz they 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 go contained but the big boxes yeah forget it they're they're gone as soon as they come in now yeah you're right the umx boxes they're they're made to to haul them around they got a handle on them and you know that's what they're designed for and so. john Ferry still had my umx radio oh, yeah, in his you, his shop from our ohio flying that you lost i couldn't believe it it was still he's like yeah i put it up there and i i got a flight fest and it was there i'm like sweet i got my plane back Okay, real quick, David, before we jump into you. Um, the Drone Nationals are going on right now at Governor's Island in New York. I haven't really yeah. been keeping tabs on anything, so I don't know like how things are going or who's kind of doing what over there, but I know the whole Rotor Riot crew's over there. And uh, so, uh, and it's on, I think, here in the States, ESPN2, which is really – Three okay, ESPN three, which is huge uh, for our our uh, little 
hobby we got going on here. So if anybody's and, interested, and go check about it those out. Forget multi-rotors. Let's talk about the wing racing. Yeah, wing racing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think I actually would like the wing racing better than the multi-rotor racing. Well, I went to Montreal last weekend, for, and it was a qualifier for the Drone National. <coughs> mm-hmm. And I got to meet up with the guys who do TBRC and then uh, Ruben, who, uh, who runs uh, Sweet Ring, Wings, and even um, uh, Alex Grieve, who, uh, who runs Video Area System, was there. So it was really nice seeing those three manufacturers, you know, being well represented at the qualifiers in Montreal. And it seems to be sub 40 inch wings seem to be the way to go to get through the gates. Um, a lot of them are talking if, 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 if it steps up, like, I mean, the multi-rotor stuff is the paid event right now for purse prizes and stuff. The wing stuff is more of a demo, but they're saying if, if it became mainstream, they would ha- they'd want to go bigger, so then they actually could put advertising on the wings, which would be really cool to see this, you know, like a 60, 50 to 60 inch wing zipping around the course. But you got to be able to get those things through the gate still. Yeah, right. But it was uh, it was neat watching them go, and, and the 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 inner race car driver, he was going, <laughs> I can handle this course just fine. You know, it's like come down the straightaway, duck underneath two two, two gates, pop up, do a roll snap back over here through through a solemn here and then do it again and i'm like i can handle this mm-hmm. <laughs> so i'm like mm, maybe next year <laughs> yeah right i agree with you there okay all right mr vindenstall we're going to jump on to you uh mm-hmm. and you I want you to talk about your worldly travels here of what's where have you been how you got there what was going on there yes, i can't wait to hear um that. now I'm really curious to know. Uh, I, I guess you were in. You were right in the inside Chernobyl, correct? Yes. So, I want you to start from the beginning and talk about how this even came about. Wh- who brought it up? Because honestly, I didn't even think that you could, unless you had some serious permission or knew somebody on the inside or something, that you could even get in there. And the only time I've seen anything, I've seen a. Uh, somebody flew uh, um, a drone in there and did some footage here recently that was really cool. And the only other thing I've seen is, I think one time on River Monsters, a guy went in there and was fishing in there. Yeah, I saw you that. You know, and it, and, and it was yeah. just watching him. I'm like, man, I would love to go check that out and see it, but I don't know if I'd want. You know, he's wearing the Geiger counter, and they could only stay in certain areas for so long, and this and that. So start us off. How the heck did this come about? Uh, I've always wanted to go to general bull i'd be kind of um and i told chad about it like two years ago or something and we were talking about other things we um we call sometimes and and they're like and he said oh yeah we're gonna go to chernobyl i'm like what oh i'm like what there's like yeah we um we, we pulled some strings and we found the uh got in contact with the ukrainian drone national racing team mm-hmm. or league uh, organizers and uh, they said that w- they could give us they can fix the permits we need to actually fly the copters inside of the hot zone wow i'm like what what are you kidding me mm-hmm. like i want to go yes. like, yeah if you pay for yourself you can go i'm like sweet yeah. <laughs> um so yeah that was um uh, like yeah, a month or two before a month probably mm-hmm. before going, and uh, it was still being planned and all that. So, 
Uh, but I bought my ticket just before going to Flight Fest. So I knew the dates, everything was organized. Artham did a good job on that. Uh, so there's a bunch of us going, um, a lot of us. So it was uh, Chad Christian, Chad Nowak, uh, Tommy, Stinger Swarm, um, Kevin, that means, and uh, Steel, and then Sander from Immersion RC. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony from uh, Immersion mm-hmm. RC. Uh, and me and Andre Elb, mm-hmm. which works with Red Riot. So we were a big crowd. Plus the uh, the Ukrainians from the racing league thing. So at one point, yeah, we were a lot of people. But we got a our own guide. Okay, I should probably start with okay. Flying home from flight test, got mm-hmm. home, stayed for a day. Um, oh my gosh! Out. Yes, I had just enough time to pack my bags. Right, like get get some stuff going. Uh, threw the stuff in my bags, got a, on the plane again, and then met up at the airport. Everyone tried to land at the same time, roughly. So, jump in the. Then we have a. We had a personal driver, and it was a little bus thing that was 20 seats. So we, so we got that for the whole time we were there. Wow. Which pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, onto the uh, uh, hotel, checked in the hotel, and no one got to sleep. Um, <laughs> we, we just threw off our stuff, and then we went to meet all the, uh, the Ukrainian raising drone people. Um, like <laughs> it's really crazy. There's so many abandoned buildings, and the architecture is so different. Like mm. the Stalin buildings, mm. like uh, uh, the USSR, they built so many houses. The the skyscrapers, and they all look the same. And then after that, they're like it's all concrete buildings. And then after that, new buildings have cropped up, and the architecture is completely different. Very interesting. Hmm. Uh, so we go to this place where uh, uh, it just felt really abandoned. Like there's um, there was an exhibition hall, and there was like a a big like government building. But then there was a fountain, and there was stuff like it really it looked abandoned. But there was people like walking there a little bit. We're like, oh, okay. But then we went into the exhibition hall, and there they had set up a racing course. Oh, my gosh. So that was pretty cool. So they flew around there, and we met the people and talked to them and flew a little bit outside. And in the middle of this square, there's a huge golden uh, spire with the sickle and the uh, and the hammer, mm-hmm. the USSR marks on it, like in gold. It's beautiful. It's so weird. It's like it's just sitting there. It's just hanging out. How, how far? How, how far do they like have it? I don't know how to put it. Keep the the general public away from that area. Like, do they do they section off like twenty miles before you actually even get into kind of like the uh, you know what I mean? Is it quite a ways away? Yeah, um, I'll get to that. Okay, in a minute. All right. Um, just want to get some uh, some things around the food. Okay. Because that's a big thing. Uh, so we met all the guys, and it was this is Kiev. So we stayed in Kiev, 
And after we flew, we went to the most Ukrainian restaurant of all times, literally. They even had the, the suits on. The, they looked like exactly like Ukrainian people from the 50s. Wow. It was awesome. And they eat really weird stuff. I bet. Like, uh, they're like, everyone nor- knows borscht. Um, like, if yep. you hear the Ukraine, everyone knows borscht. Let's say uh, beets, a soup made of beets, red beets, or what do you call that? Yes. Uh, okay. So, it's really good, though. Hmm. Like, I thought it was going to be weird. And sour cream in it, and it has onions and stuff. It was really good. But what I can't get over is the fried pieces of fat. That, <laughs> like the, the pork fat, they, they take the, the stuff that we normally throw away, cut into cubes, and then fry it. Hmm. And then just eat that. Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, apparently, Sounds they did that in Sweden like during the, uh, the war time as well. But, That's uh, something my dad would it, like a lot, I think, chewing on pork fat. It, it, it sounds cool, but it's not. No, it doesn't taste good. No, it was not my thing. And then it's uh, midday. It's like one in the one in the afternoon, and they bring out the vodka. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and it's like, uh, yeah, it seemed polite to not drink the first shot. Oh, you're like, kidding! Uh, you're like, oh, okay. And yeah, so Kevin and Chad kept up pretty good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then Chad was completely knocked out for the rest of the day. He got. You got really good. You got good footage of that, too. Oh, got, I can't wait to see this. Yeah, he got a little too much. Oh, uh, Kevin's man. a bigger guy, so he yep. can take it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we flew around that day, uh, a big rainbow thing inside of Kiev, because there's no, like, there's the regulation hasn't caught up with the FPV flying or drone flying in there, mm-hmm. like, at all in the country. Like like it was in Sweden just a couple of years ago. Yeah, there was no rules. Like you could fly anywhere and fly as long as you wanted and all that. That's still the case there. Uh, so you can we, we just any public place you can fly. Wow, you can just go. <coughs> so we flew at this huge rainbow monument thing made of metal, and I crashed into Tommy. So the tricopter went down first day. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy has all these quads with him, so he was fine. Then, yeah. But, um, yeah, that was first date. But then, okay, go to bed it's pretty late. Get up early because it's a two-hour drive to get to Chernobyl from Kiev. Okay. So when you pull up, uh, everyone's all hyped. Um, and we had a Geiger counter, a really nice one. Mm-hmm. I actually have two. And everyone's like, oh, measuring things. Like, oh, it's two microsieverts here. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, no, 0.02 microsieverts, which is twice the normal background radiation. Like, oh, oh, this is so amazing. <laughs> like, when you fly an airplane, you get 0.6 an uh, hour. So it's like, it's nothing. Yeah. Um, and everyone's just hyped up doing all the, the, the stupid radioactive jokes that everyone knows. <laughs> We have this tour guide. He is a, he's the tour guides of tour guides. He's the guy that um, is in charge of all other tour guides. Mm. Um, and he does not do public um, tours anymore because he's get fed up with it after 15 years. Mm-hmm. So he only does the corporate stuff, the, the more interesting things. Uh, and we were uh, one of those. He's like, oh, this sounded interesting. Uh-huh. So we get to go with him. And he's he's a cool guy. Uh, but then, okay, so what happens when you go there, 
it's like there's nothing. You see a bit of houses, and then there's a roadblock, and you stop. I'm like, okay, everyone out with your passports, because you're already pre-registered at that um, at that point. Because you have to have a guide when you go into Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is the 20k parameter. So there's one parameter that is guarded, and it's 20 kilometers in diameter. And is it complete? Is it completely like fenced off? And then they have these guards, like you know, stations or whatever. I mean, is there any way possible to try to sneak in there? It's no problem sneaking in okay. at all. Um, but if you get caught when you're in there, mm-hmm. that's not good. Oh, but really, if you wanted to, you can stay, uh, stop at a further point, and just walk into the woods and then go in. Uh, like it's not the whole thing is not fenced off. Uh huh. Um, but it kind of, yeah, if it feels, I don't know, it just feels like you get shot if you do it, but you don't, (laughs) but (laughs) it just feels very Russian. Yeah. Um, so you show your passport, they check you off against the list and then they, they sweep the car and then the car gets, uh, go through and you walk through a gate and then these amazing bathrooms that are from the, um, 900s ish. (laughs) <laughs> which is i mean it is terrible like if you a ever hole to, in the ground if, literally <laughs> like it was if you need to poop when you're in there just hold it like, <laughs> hold it for three days that's it, <laughs> it, it was, oh, okay so so then you go in you you go further and then you get to the 10k parameter and Harris starts getting um it's a little bit more strict here mm-hmm. um um, but it doesn't take as much time. There's no passport control or anything because they already have it, but you leave papers with them. And then they open the gate and you go through. And now it's starting to become interesting because that 20K uh, thing, mm-hmm. that's actually where people live. <clears throat> like people live there. No and the kidding. people that work, the like military and people that work with the workers that are in there, the, mm-hmm. there's still people working uh, with all the stuff that goes around there. So there's quite a lot of people in that 20K zone. And there's a store and there's hmm. stuff. like. Um, but it's just, yeah, people chilling out. And we uh, pet some radioactive puppies when we were there too. <laughs> and then, yeah, 20, uh, 10K parameter is just, you start feeling like the first time you go in, it's like, ah, ooh, this feels weird. Because there's a threat that you cannot see taste or smell mm-hmm. like radiation just is yeah like there's it's weird like it's um but we had the gay geiger counters and it wasn't bad like it's like you don't you shouldn't be freaking out because mm-hmm. you're still a lot less than just flying in a normal airplane mm-hmm. so we drive and drive and then you drive through so yeah we drive pot we drive past the Chernobyl reactor three, like there is, uh, and that's the one that actually exploded. Wow. I think it's number three. So you you don't, I mean, you don't get too close to it, but you can really easily see every detail on it and everything, and it kind of looks normal, mm-hmm. like it's just rusty. And but next to it, they're building this huge like. Um, 
like a building that's going to go on top of the other building. That's like a, a sarcophagus. Hmm. So they're working on that. They're just going to move that over there and close it off completely. Try to just contain it all in one little area. Yes, because it's not terribly good being around that place mm-hmm. still. Um, so they're trying to, uh, yeah, just seal that up for uh, so they don't have to do anything in the future, more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, so we saw it from, it's, and I, we didn't get the permission to actually fly at that reactor, unfortunately. It's kind of hard. I could imagine. Yes. So we saw it every day. It was kind of, it's weird, but um, there's like a flood there and there's uh, like big construction trucks going past us on the road sometimes. And they're like, they're working on that. I can't even say that anymore. The, the big thing. Yeah. So, in other words, my question is, you know, uh, you know, you see in the movies or whatever where a, a town gets abandoned or whatever, and ten years later, fifteen late, years later, the environment starts to take it over, and it's very eerie. So they're actually kind of still there and maintaining the roads and maintaining the the property and everything around it. Then, around the reactor, yes. Okay. The the town, the other places like the town of Pripat. I, is exactly like that, where it's completely abandoned. Like we were driving, and you um, and you drive into a forest, more or less, and uh, just continue. And it's like, okay, on the left, you see a skyscraper. I'm like, what? Where? We're in the middle of the forest. No kidding. Like, like you cannot, like you don't see that far, and there's just a building there, wow. like a huge building that you don't see. Yeah. And. It's really strange because, like, it, I don't know. Nothing is maintained. Everything is just left as it would be and stuff just growing out of the concrete mm-hmm. and up on the roofs. And it's it really is that weird. It's just, like, abandoned. Wow. Uh, so on the way driving there, there's this place called the Red Forest, mm-hmm. which was downwind from the the meltdown. So... A lot of radiation went into that forest, that part. So driving in the bus, you're like, oh, it's fine, it's fine. Beep! Oh. You're like, oh, my God. It's like <laughs> inside of the bus, and we're not going. I mean, it just it feels so weird. Like, it went up quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's still not dangerous, but um, it's nowhere where you should go in. Like, it's, like, it's stuck in... Like the moss and everything, it would not be terribly good to eat that stuff. <laughs> but some of the trees were like, it looks completely fine, except some of the trees are like brown and just, it looked like they should have been decayed, but there's not a lot of bacteria and there's not a lot of bugs and stuff mm-hmm. to actually decay the things. Huh. So it's kind of a dangerous place. So if it catches on fire, it would be really bad because oh, stuff wow. on the ground it hasn't decayed that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that's a little freak out. First time you go there, you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. First time you pull through. And then we pull into Pripyat, which is the the town that was really close to the Chernobyl, fa- or Chernobyl reactors. Mm-hmm. That's the town that they built, more or less, because they had the reactors there. Mm-hmm. So they it was all based on the workers and the families coming in and so it was a pretty uh, successful town. It worked really good. 
they have a hospital, they had a school, and they built an amusement park. Like literally, it was, I've heard different things, between one week and two days before the accident, it was supposed to open. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of never used. They just, so the accident happened and they told everyone, just get out. Like now you're going to, we're just going to get you off on these buses and you're going to be able to go back in a short while. So no one brought their stuff. Oh, like they just, just jumped, said, yeah, well, let's go. Yeah. And never got back. Wow. So everything like urban explorers, a wet dream can tell you that it is amazing. Like wow. everything is just trashed mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it's like you can, uh, it's weird because you feel like there's there's a presence or something there at the same time. It's weird. It's really strange. Yeah, and it's very so eerie. quiet. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there's very little birds that in that zone when we were there. Like in the evening, we just um, we sat and waited for some people, and like the the absence of noise was just pressing on your eardrums. It was wow. really strange. So that was kind of cool. So, uh, yeah, that's like the the classic view. You see the uh, like the there's a what do you call that a theater and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there's some buildings there when you pull in. Um, it's very well known, and there's the sickle and the hammer on one building, and it's just uh, it's really weird. There's moss everywhere, and he's like, "Okay, don't walk on the moss if you can avoid it." And then it's like. And everyone's like walking and trying to get off the all the things that grow and not touch anything. Jeez. Yeah. But he, <laughs> we thought, like, when you read about this place, it's nothing like you think it's going to be. Because hmm. when you read about it and you watch, like, Veritasium has a video on it, for instance, um, on YouTube and uh, like they're all wearing these safety gear. They have the the painter suit, the white stuff, the yep. hazmat stuff, yep, yep. the little little booties you put on the shoes. Right. We uh, we had stopped for that on the way there. Spent like two hours trying to find the stuff. <laughs> Pull up there and everyone put on their booties to get out and then get dressed. And our guys like, "What the heck are you doing? <laughs> You're gonna freak people out." We're like, "But but." This said on the website, and it's like, no, no, no. This that's just people like that stuff. Don't don't wear it. Like, we're like, okay, oh, all right. I so, want to know how you yeah, kept we, uh, Chad Nowak contained because all I visualize him is running around sticker and everything. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a very animated individual. I don't I don't know how you kept him from running around touching all the moss. You said you had to avoid <laughs> put moss on his head, <laughs> running around. Going, hey, he was also freaked out. Oh, like was he really? Else. I bet. Yeah. Everyone was kind of, because you don't know what to expect. Yeah. Never, all the videos on YouTube and everything is exaggerated. Uh, like, it's not, like, the first day you're there, it's really scary and all that. Next mm-hmm. day, you're just like, yeah, it's fine. Like, <sighs> it's not, uh, I don't know, it's not that, It's everything's just overhyped. And yeah. Everyone kind of builds on that. Uh, the 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 myth of yeah it. like you're gonna walk in there and die or something exactly and it's huh. like the the background radiation is not that much higher it's still more dangerous to fly on an airplane wow that's crazy but 
that said, just that's the background radiation. Mm-hmm. Taking that Geiger counter and pointing it at things is fun. Oh, we're like, geez. one spot was 90, which wow. is quite a lot yeah. higher. And we're like, ooh, that's scary. And some, like, when you want to sit down, it's a really good <laughs> idea to scan the ground before. <laughs> some places you're like, ooh, that's a hot zone. Yeah. Not, not going to sit there. Wow. So you can have it really, yeah, uh, low radiation in certain spots and really high on other things. Yeah, you can actually it can be sporadic, I know, because they tape off our power plants. We watched a video, and they'll just tape off this area. Uh-huh. And it's like, you don't go in that area. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, high, why that area has high concentrations, I can't answer, but it does, and they avoid it. You know, huh. They just end up taping areas where you avoid that yeah. when they get these Geiger counter readings and stuff. It's pretty interesting. Another hidden yeah. killer type of thing. Yeah, because like you have no and, idea. Yeah, and uh, some certain gases. But wow. Yeah. So we got in there and we get to fly. First thing, everyone just pulls <laughs> out their gear and starts flying around like crazy. Um, I didn't have my tricopter because I it was smashed. Yeah. Uh, with the time, and then I didn't have time to get it fixed. So first day, I just went around exploring, and the other people were just flying like maniacs as usual. So walking inside of these buildings is really weird oh that would be so a, cool it is really really cool so i have my camera with me so i took a ton of cool pictures but everything's just smashed and but it's like smashed and then it was preserved mm-hmm. like it's like people got in there and smashed things stole things yeah. but then at a certain point they stopped it like so it's at that point but then these quads come screaming by, and there's dust everywhere. Oh. And you're like, oh, my gosh, radioactive dust. No, no, no. Start <laughs> running. Start running. Um, but it was – our guide is, was the best guide of all times. He just didn't do – he was like, oh, can we go there? He's like, I wouldn't go there. And I was like, oh, if he says we, yeah. we shouldn't go there, we should We're not really not there. go there. Because wow. he was really chill about things. Uh-huh. Uh, He's uh, like, oh, can we go up on the roof? He's like, yeah, sure. Don't fall down. <laughs> <laughs> and that was kind of it oh he was he was fantastic like because we met another uh, a couple of other tours later and um, when visiting the really popular sites mm-hmm. and one of the guides was like okay so this is the rumors and then they talked about things and then you have four minutes and 30 seconds to take pictures and then we need to leave and roughly i like they said like five minutes but it yeah. was like it was so structured and no one was allowed to go anywhere uh, and yeah we're like chilling going wherever we wanted and doing more or less whatever we wanted as long as we don't take things or destroy things he was completely fine with it wow there's uh one area there i don't know if you, i was curious if you guys got to go see it uh i couldn't tell you where it's at or whatever but where they took all the radioactive equipment whether it be like planes and helicopters and jeeps and tanks and everything and they put them in like this graveyard and left them there did you guys get the over to that section at all no we're not allowed that uh the graveyard yeah you know, the mechanical graveyard no we didn't get to go there mm. um that would have been cool though yeah that would be cool is it a, was but that a really hot they, zone over there or I am not sure. They did uh, sanitize a lot of that stuff, though. Like oh, you can okay. get you can get off a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So what I mean, even the ground on that, they pulled off uh, the top foot of the soil. Oh, really? On a lot of a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it was bad, and just replaced it. Wonder what they did and with that soil. <laughs> yeah, good question. Where are you going to put that stuff? <laughs> yeah, somewhere in Russia, I guess. Yeah. I, no, I don't know. It was 
it was cool if uh, you get little facts. So having the guide with you, you're like, just go ask him and he knows everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Huh? But we did. Yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. Um, no, go you with your question. No, sorry, how, how many days did you actually spend in there? Three days. Three days. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So first day you're like, oh my gosh, we're all going to die. Second day you're like, okay, this cool, not touch that. And third day you're like, ah, third day you're eating moss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> were you, were you checking any of the gear after flights to see if we're like, you know, if, if it picked up any residual yeah. traces? Yes, we did. We scanned yeah. them and it's, it's fine. Like yeah. some, um, like your backpack, if you put it on the ground, yes. you could have yeah. some of that dust that was. Kind of, but it wasn't much. Like it wasn't a lot. So just that's true. Yeah, like mm. yeah, wipe it off and it was fine. Wow. All right. And like yeah, it wasn't that. Like it wasn't. It was overhyped compared yeah. to what yeah. you thought. Hmm. Still uh, crazy and really makes you think about life and stuff when yeah. you're there. Um. So the first day we went. Um, to this Ferris wheel that everyone knows, oh, the, yeah. the bumper cars. Yeah. So we flew there, and that was fantastic. It looks so cool. Wow. It's this Ferris wheel that is more or less never being used, and the bumper cars just sitting there hanging out. So we flew there, flew around like crazy, and the first guy in the air was Steel. <laughs> he got up and flew around and tried to land on one of the buckets. Uh-huh. And he has... Uh, like 35 degrees of up angle so he doesn't see where he's landing uh-huh. so he landed on the slanted edge uh, slid backwards armed it again to try to recover and the quad tilted forward and landed in the bucket oh no and he couldn't get out first flight oh first flight <laughs> there so yeah it's in the bucket it's just like oh man I lost the quad so the that's GoPro. it it's gonna be there forever Mm-hmm. Yep, that's oh. what we thought. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's not good. And, but they had more, so they just continued flying. But yeah, it stings a little bit. Oh, man. They're like, ah. Oh. But uh, when we were there, some, some other guys show up, um, but they didn't have a tour guide. So we're like, oh, hey, what's how's it going? You're with the tour? And they're like, no, not really. So our tour guide talked to them, and they're like, so they were illegals there. Oh. And they're like like purists or I don't know, whatever. They were really nice. We talked to them. And, uh, one of them knew English-ish. And they were actually just staying in the apartments and chilling out there for a long time. And like just hanging out in the radioactive zone. You're kidding. And I don't, no, they just... Uh, I mean, it was crazy. So, he said, uh, and we talked about it, and it's like, yeah, we landed in the bucket. He's like, okay, do you want it back? We're like, what? Yeah, I can climb it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my we're like, Lord. Ah, really? No, we're, yeah, I can't do it now. I can do it in the evening because now we get patrols uh-huh. all the time. Uh, and our guy's like, if I see that, I have to do something. Uh, but it's fine if you do it while I'm not here. Um. Uh, so we're like, okay, here you go. You ha- here's a GoPro and here's a handy cam. Film it. Wow. He's like, yeah, sure. Uh, so it was either loose, 
<laughs> two GoPros and a Handycam and a quad <laughs> or get all of it back. So yeah. we didn't know these guys. Right. Um, but it, it was really cool. It was really nice. And then, yeah, we flew at some other spots. We got some good footage and then we back went back home. Next day we met up with him and he was like, yeah, here's your quad. Oh, my gosh. We're like, what? Really? Yeah, we, I got it out. It was a little tricky and was almost backing down. And there was a storm rolling in. It uh, rained during the night. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. And he's up on climbing this thing. Metal structure, can, yeah. Looks, he has the GoPro on his head and looks over. And you can see the storm clouds rolling in. Oh, my it's gosh. Like sunset. And it's like climbing. It's like I, And some uh, his friends are filming him from the ground. And jumps in, gets it, climbs down. And then there's some footage from their apartment where... I mean, they even had an AC unit and, like, real chairs and stuff that they moved with them. And I don't know. It was strange. <laughs> so that episode is going to be epic. Oh, Absolutely my gosh. Fantastic. Where, where did they get their power from? I I don't know. I have, I have no clue. Wow. Have batteries and stuff. I, I really don't know. A generator, wow. I'm guessing. Wow. Unreal. To, yeah, I look forward to that episode. That's going to be fantastic. Um, yeah. Oh, my gosh. He was cool. He was really nice. I had a cool beard. I can't believe they did that. That I is know. unbelievable. Yeah, because we're like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to climb that. And still, like, yeah, that was a hard climb. Like, it was not an easy thing right. to climb. Right. How high up? A climb. How, yeah. How high up was it? In, in the bucket. Yeah. In the Where was it? Like, mid-level up towards the top or? Uh, top. Oh, oh my god! One bucket from the top. No kidding. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, that was cool. Um, did he tether himself as he was going up or anything like that? I don't. I don't think so. Just I didn't know if it should have a go. Oh my gosh! You'll see the video. That's, I'll that, see it too. I only saw hit. it a little bit on the tiny screen. That's wow. heart attack material. There, watching that, I bet. Uh, that was. It was. That was pretty cool. And then when you go out, when you drive back, you stop at the first stop and they're like, okay, so jump out. All right, okay. So it's a contamination check, contamination check. Mm-hmm. So you go through and you stand on this machine and it has measurement zones. So you hold your hands at a certain spot, you stand on a certain spot, and this thing comes towards you and it measures your clothes and your hands and it goes... And it's either red or green, and it opens the door for you. Oh. So you have to be clean. Otherwise, <coughs> if you're not clean, they try to decam, contaminate your clothes, or they just take it. Now I'm thinking So you got to walk Zink. out naked? <laughs> I, I'm not. I don't know. It didn't happen, luckily. So I don't know. I'm thinking Monster Zink when they shave the guy <laughs> oh, and, like, yeah. everything's flying. Yeah. Huh. And then they just, yeah. and then they they go into the truck and sweep that as well with a handheld thing. Mm. Um, and then you do that once more when you get to the twenty kilometer mark. Mm-hmm. And then you get to go out. So mm. it's two hour drive home. So we get wow. home really late, and then we need to eat, and yep. then like it's one o'clock in the morning, and then we need to get up at six again. Wow. So like, it's it sounds like it's a pretty good money maker for them though tourism wise. Oh yeah, wow. That's tourism. It's huge for tourism. It's one of their biggest things. Yeah, huh? But there wasn't like they're trying not to book too many trips at the same time because it's not supposed to feel crowded. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so the it's best thing is, a, yeah, it's not an amusement park, right? No, <laughs> you don't, you want to feel that you want to get that heavy feeling that you still get when it's completely empty and quiet. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's really important as well. Right. Uh, but the, uh, so we did meet some other tour groups, but that was the weekend then. So there was more. So if you were, if you plan on going anytime, go during a weekday because mm. you're going to be, um, one of the very few and book a private tour group if you can. So it's just you and your friends instead of going with a huge group. Mm-hmm. Totally worth it. Um, so that was day one. So that was day one. Yeah. And All then right. we went back and there second day we went to a pool, um, which is, yeah, it was just, um, like it was a gymnasium and a pool, kind of big pool. And they flew around there in there a little bit. And that is, it's weird. I mean, the Chernobyl reactor exploded in 86. Mm-hmm. The other reactors were still going and like closed down very recently. Oh, huh. So they continued working. And this pool was open to 96, I think, or 99. Wow. I, I just, it was weird. Yeah. Like, you think everyone's just going to scramble, get out of the way, not be there. And it's just, no, everything's just continue working. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they work there. And it's fine as long as you're not in certain areas. Well, that's what I was going to say. If they they continued doing, you know, people living there and everything, did did they not find out, you know, till later on down the road that people were having issues or problems and stuff to where they eventually just shut everything down and people moved out? Or did he say, um, or you didn't know? No, he didn't. He didn't really say. But what what I gathered was, like, the accident itself killed thirty one people, mm-hmm. and then it's really hard to really put a number on how many others died because of the accident, like R- cancer and stuff. Yeah, right. Because there's different reports saying that the the cancer rate is not higher in that region than anywhere else. Hmm. But other, I mean, it's weird. So it it varies from like a couple of thousand to half a million. Like, but right. yeah, I don't know. So, um, yeah. the, the other thing is, did the tour guide, did he, I don't know, maybe you guys didn't ask him, but you know, there's always the rumors and stuff floating around about the uh, mutations of the animals and, you know, the wolves or the dogs are 10 times bigger and blah, blah, blah. But is that all kind of false? Did he say anything about that? Uh, it's, it's false. Yeah. Mutation happens at a faster rate at that, um, because of radiation, mm-hmm. but almost all mutations are bad. Like it takes a long time for, that's what happens in evolution is, uh, the mutations happen and the stuff that's most efficient that makes them survive better in some way is therefore they are going to survive better and they get to breed. Mm-hmm. So the next generation take on their genes and so forth. Right. And it just happens faster here. But the problem is if it's happened too fast, like everything just dies because mm-hmm. there's no, so like the bugs, they don't like being there. Uh huh. And, but ants love it. They don't care at all. Like figures, the smaller the animal, yeah. the, the less they care about it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it's no, you don't see anything mutated. You don't see anything with extra arms and that because they die off really fast. Yeah. Like usually they die at birth because they're not yeah, equipped for it. So, so a lot of animals in that died, but there's not super things of anything there like that you can see. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, yeah, that's all misconceptions. Wow. So then for the second day, then you were in that, uh, like a different little town flying around in, in the gymnasium and everything. Was that a completely different area then? No, it's still Pripyat. Okay. Uh, Pripyat. And it's the, it's kind of like Pripyat is like the, the city that was there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's pretty big city. That was, it's uh, in connection with Chernobyl, which is like Chernobyl is the Chernobyl reactor mm-hmm. is in the Pripat area. Like, um, I don't know. It's like, a, I don't know what you call it. The, the larger area is called Pripyat. Okay. Um, but anyway, so yeah, there was a pool there, flew at that place. And we went into a school. We didn't fly there, but we did some sightseeing. And that was freaky as heck, I can tell you. You walk in the school, and it's a um, it's a school for rather I don't know I don't know how high, but mm, like it's the lower grades of school. Mm-hmm. You walk around; it's pretty cool to see the different things. There's still books there. Um, there's like still newspapers and uh, like the the old world maps and mm-hmm. like stuff like that laying around. And then you walk into a room, and the the whole floor is covered in baby-sized gas masks. Really? It is so freaky. You're like, what the heck? Mm. Huh. Uh, So they're like, yeah, you're like, "Ah, yeah, I'm really glad it was not dark when we got here. Like walking around with the flashlight. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, And then someone had set up a doll with the gas mask on a stool. And it looked so <laughs> freaky. Like it was, oh man, that was scary stuff. Yeah. And I, I would imagine, I mean, just from my experience, we, we do a lot of demolition. You know, you go in these, even though it's bright daylight out and beautiful outside, when you go in these abandoned buildings and stuff, how dark and eerie it is. So I'm sure it was the same way over there too, then every time you went in somewhere. Yeah, it, it's really a lot, it's a lot darker. And the, the drip of water kind of freaks you out as well. Mm-hmm. It's like it's quite like, yep, like the the plopping because it's not something you normally hear when you're indoors. Yeah, like that's a really bad thing <laughs> you're indoors somewhere. Yeah, and um, so it's just it's eerie and it's weird. And then you look through the books and like it's oh man, it's just ah, it's so I mean, you cannot describe it. It's just eerie and on like you're in awe that this actually happened and like there were people living here mm-hmm. and no one's touched this stuff for 20 years yeah. and kind of that stuff like right but they have but anyway there's still stuff there that's real stuff yeah like, which is really really cool wow uh, and then we went to the duga antenna yes talk oh, about yes. that that was that video amazing was awesome. for people that haven't seen this video uh, which is called Duga Dive on the Road Riot channel. It is a over-the-horizon radar system that the USSR built to detect um, 
U.S. missiles launched to get an early detection so they could do things because their um, satellite network was not good enough at that point to Mm -hmm. do that. And this antenna is huge. Like it's not a single antenna because when you once you get over one uh, wavelength in length, a full wavelength, it you cannot put more power into it. So what you do is you put more antennas in it. So imagine a a wall that's 150 meters high and 500 meters long. Wow. I mean, it's, and there's so many antennas on it. Like, it, uh, if you take that by three, you get it in feet, roughly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, you're not, you cannot understand how large it is. Like, we walk, and it's like you walk through this piece of wood and you walk in, so you don't really see it until you're there. Mm-hmm. Like, you walk through like a corridor of woods, and, and then you're just like, wow, that's cool. You see this. Uh, metal round metal thing or like you think it's a pole so oh this is the antenna and the the pole is so it's so thick it's like maybe five meters in diameter wow. like it's pretty big yeah like and it goes straight up and you start looking oh okay so that's just one pillar mm-hmm. holding one end of this antenna and there's like 30 40 more wow and it's just like it's unfathomably big. Each antenna, uh, there's bow tie antennas. They look like little bow ties that mm-hmm. you have around your neck. Mm-hmm. And oh, I mean, there were hundreds of them, and they're like four and a half meters long, or five meters long, and they just they're scattered, so they're they're used in pairs. And they transmitted on 10 hertz. Um, and they used 10 megawatt of output power on it. Wow. I mean, that's quite a lot. <laughs> I knew nothing about that antenna until I, I know, watched right? that video. Knew nothing. Did they say, like, how, how long it was in operation? It was in mm. operations from <clears throat> 76 to 89. Oh, no kidding. Yep. So, yeah, it worked, worked good. So the subjects is pretty uh, – um, they don't share information that much. Right. So all of a sudden, this loud hacking noise on certain frequencies showed up from nowhere. Uh-huh. Like ham radios and normal transmissions and like TV and the radio, they get this – on certain frequencies, they get this – Every second. Wow. And you're like, what they're like, it? what the heck is going on? Yeah. And they, <clears throat> um, after a while, they found out kind of what, what it was, and they dubbed it the Russian woodpecker. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, after this, some manufacturer put in a woodpecker filter that removed this ticking thing from their devices like that's how long it was in in use all the time it was just sending a pseudo random uh, string of numbers uh, to a receiver Mm -hmm. and they saw if there was anything wrong with the sequence they knew there was something in the way so to speak 
So, I mean, it was, I, I, that's amazing. I don't, I don't think you can understand how big this thing is. Like I didn't, (laughs) I was just, that was the, I mean, I, I've seen the pyramids of P like pyramids and Mm -hmm. I've seen the leaning towers and yeah, no, yeah, exactly. This, like this is one billion times better for a geek. Wow. <laughs> and you know, I, like you said, even uh, like close up when the, the guys were flying around it, 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 you knew it was big, but you didn't gra- grasp until I think probably Chad was flying the phantom or something. And he panned out on that thing. And like you guys, yeah. you, you couldn't even tell there was people there and this thing still looked enormous. You're like, Whoa, that is crazy. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't of, think I can video. get the whole thing in frame. <laughs> 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 yeah, at the end of the video, there's a perspective yeah. showing you guys down at the bottom, and that it was, was insane. Awesome. It is, I mean, it, it was crazy, absolutely crazy. And they flew around that like champs, every one of them, especially Tommy. And then <laughs> we had, yeah, everyone flew really good, but then like we have to dive. Someone has to dive that hole. Uh-huh. And Tommy's like, yeah, I'll do it. And oh my, we gosh. all pushed him and pushed him, and he trained and he trained and did everything and then it's like yeah you just have to do it yeah what uh, was and kevin is so good at <laughs> vocalizing these things for video like, uh-huh. it's all journey that's the best thing it, nothing is scripted or anything but the storytelling is just absolutely 100 percent perfect <laughs> oh it's so good i i mean you could not do it like scripted better like and there was nothing like that it was just exactly how things were when we were there like everyone just keeps pushing each other right right uh any, any quads get hung up or stuck up in the tower at all uh yes yeah, steel crashed one. Oh, um that got stuck and didn't fall down so he had to climb up a couple of uh-huh. rungs but it wasn't that wasn't high too high and he got the gopro back and everything yeah. so it's fine oh good but if you crashed at the top yeah that you're done been bad oh no you God. can get up Who's going to climb up there? Yeah, right. I would have taken the Phantom 4 or whatever, 3 or whatever, up on a mission with a hook to get that sucker down. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, because, I mean, yeah, we we climbed up a couple. You're not supposed to, but Mm -hmm. we climbed a little bit and like, oh, this was healed fine. And then the next ladder is so uh, rusted through that you start... (sighs) Let's start climbing on it, and it's not yeah. fixed at the top. Oh, jeez! So they're like, eh, maybe not. No. Now the holes that they were diving down in, uh, how big were they really? Because it's hard to judge looking through a GoPro, like when they're zooming down there at a hundred miles an hour. What, what was it, roughly the diameter of those <laughs> holes? So I would say it's. Uh, let's see how how far would I say that is? Maybe seven meters, seven to. Yes, seven five, between five and seven meters. Mm-hmm. I was probably five by seven meters. Okay, but over that distance, which is one hundred and fifty meters, Jeez, a whiz. like it's pretty small. Yeah, right. Like, and uh, and the awesome thing was like you have to line it up perfect. Uh, but Tommy, like even if you're a little bit off over that distance, mm-hmm. you're gonna drift. And there's stuff sure. everywhere. Yes. On the back hand, there's this, there's the grid of wire on the back, which is the reflector for the antenna. Mm-hmm. So instead of having a solid piece, they have wires at certain intervals, and the antenna sees that as a solid piece. But that way, wind can blow through it. Uh. So these wires, they're almost mm-hmm. invisible when you fly FPV. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those were in the back, and then it goes forward like a, 
a hexagon thing, um, like half a hexagon. Mm-hmm. There's like wire sticking out, but he goes in it, starts diving, and he doesn't even think about it. But he starts rolling at certain points because you have the camera angle on the on the copter is like 30 degrees, 35 yeah, degrees, which right. means that the quad is always trying to fly forward. Yes. So when it's pointing straight down, it's pulling it forward. So he rolls it to compensate. like, And he doesn't even think about it. Oh like There was gosh. nothing talked about that before and planned about it. Yeah. So he just did it and then comes out at the bottom and he just pulls it off. Like if we didn't, not a single practice, he, he didn't nail it on a single practice run. Like, and we kind of like we yeah we need to go start like we need to either do it or not do it at all. And was it, was and, the problem you start carrying so much speed at the very bottom is trying to level out and pull out at the bottom for smashing into the ground was that the big issue? Yeah, you have to have enough power and uh, enough power and time it perfect. Right. Yeah, because they were doing it like three trusses high. He started to sell or something like mm-hmm. that. They were trying yeah, to do it. Yeah, yeah, I remember I trying to We started figure. counting so yes. we knew when, we're, when it was going to gonna end. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was a terrible, terrible system. <laughs> it did not work. Uh, so in the end, we just skipped it. Yeah. Uh, but he flew a six-inch quad. Wow. So he had a lot more uh, disc area. Mm-hmm. And had torquey motors because the five inch we tried that um, flying next to it and it could not pull up fast enough. So no one else tried it. Wow! Like it, there was, they could yeah they didn't have enough stopping power. Mm-hmm. When he pulled that so off that was, and they captured you guys, your excitement level that was awesome in that video. I don't, uh, it was that's a great video of that. I can't believe he did it. it. Like yeah, that he the he pulled that. Everyone yeah. Think, Everyone thought he was going to smack it into the ground really hard. The yeah. excitement level was through the roof when it was pulled off. That yeah. was awesome. It was amazing. He's such a he's he's done some amazing because even his uh, that damn video they did earlier a long time ago. I keep watching that over and over. Him going down that oh, yeah. shoot type thing. Yeah, I mean he is an awesome pilot in my mind. I don't know, pretty phenomenal yeah. stuff he pulls off. Yeah, and he flies. He does things that the other guys are like, "No, nah, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to yeah, lose my gear yeah. for no apparent reason." Yeah, like, but he does. He does he have. He do, you do have to push him. I, I heard all the people, you know, like just do it, just do it. I'm like, oh man, yep. that's awesome. Uh, fantastic day, absolutely amazing place, and it was just out of this world. I didn't think any this existed. How it like. And this act, they used it. It it was so Russian to me. Like yeah. It was the like the, the top of being Russian. Like, oh, we don't have satellites. We build the biggest antenna there is. Yeah, right. <laughs> now, was this place really out in the remote area, of nowhere? So you know, it was kind of hidden from, and people didn't really know what what it was or where it was at. It it was like twenty minutes from Pripyat. No, really. Maybe? Maybe half an hour. It was not far, hmm. but it was guarded um, as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, like it was uh, fenced off and guard dogs, sure, uh, and stuff. But I mean, it wasn't that far away. Huh. That's yeah. interesting. Really interesting. Unbelievable size of that structure. I know. Yeah, wow. amazing. Absolutely amazing, and a really cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was such a different thing compared to what I thought about Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. 
Um, okay, so yeah, we went back after that um, late, and I decided to uh, that night staying up really late. Uh, I skipped dinner and fixed my tricopter finally. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so yeah, I got to bed really late, but we got a late starting that day. Luckily, the next one. Uh, so third day started off pretty soft with just going to uh, visit some sites first, one of which was the hospital. Ah. So this is the place where the firefighters were taken care of after going in and trying to put out the fires and everything in the reactor and the reactor site and all that. Mm -hmm. So they take them there and... The clothes that they had, they took them off and put them in the basement because they were pretty darn radioactive at that point. They don't want it laying around, so they threw it in the basement and treated the guys, and there were a lot of those that died Mm -hmm. also. And that was, yeah, I mean, that was a lot of radiation they got. And we went into this place, and it's a pretty cool place. Um, the highest reading we got anywhere before this was 90 microsieverts per hour, which is kind of a lot. Mm-hmm. Like it's high. That's one. We found a crack at one place in the concrete with, with 90. And the guy walks in. And he's like, "Okay, don't touch, don't touch anything yet." Um, and he asks for the Geiger counter. And he, there's a little piece of cloth on the reception desk, just. Uh, and there's other things laying around, but there's just one piece of cloth, and it doesn't look like it's not out of place considering all the things that are, we've seen before. It takes the Geiger counter up to it, and it goes from and it's over 1,200 microsieverts per hour. Wow. Or like, what? It goes from microsieverts to sieverts, like on the meter. We're like, um, oh wow, and all of them were like, I'm out. And we're like, what, what, what's up with that piece of cloth? Um, and the guide says, you know, they took all the clothes and put them in the basement. We're like, yeah, I mean, some guy, um, got in, go, went down in the basement, stole a helmet, put it on this table while while packaging stuff up, and this piece of cloth fell out of the helmet. Oh, my gosh. Someone stole the most radioactive helmet of all time and has it in their shelf somewhere. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh my like, gosh. Yeah. Well, they may not be here right now. Yeah. It may yeah. still be sitting on the yeah. shelf, but he's probably he's not, not around. around. Yeah, appreciate it. Wow. Yeah, the guy's like, yeah, I really hope he lives. Wow. Like, he's still alive. Man, and that was just inside piece of cloth, like top of the head thing. Jeez. But they actually wow. let you walk around in there, though. Yep. Uh, they have closed off the basement now. Oh, they, okay. They filled it up. There is, I think you can get in there somehow, but it's really difficult. Mm-hmm. But they, they're like, yeah, they concreted it up and all that. So you should not be able to walk down there because it's really dangerous. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Should not be there, especially not taking clothes and stuff. Oh my gosh! Uh, so we walked around there, and there's baby beds, 
and there's like cabinets with medicine in them still, mm-hmm. and it's yeah, uh, it's weird. And this logbook with abortions and with dates, and you're like, what? It's oh man, it's strange. Really, really weird as well. Wow. Ugh. Yeah, that was freaky. Um, and then the last day, we just spent more or less revisiting stuff that we wanted to fly at again, mm-hmm. which was awesome because then I got to fly at the Ferris wheel oh, and yeah. the bumper parts and around that area, and that was fantastic. We flew around that, landed on the buckets a couple of times, <laughs> and flew around the tracks. It was awesome. So I got some good footage. It was nice sunset and calm, a little hazy in the air, huh. but it looked great. What was the weather? Was, what yeah, was the was, weather like over there? It was fantastic. It was hot. Was it really? It wasn't really. Yeah, it was really hot. Yeah, huh. like the first day we were there, that was absolutely gorgeous because the uh, the the sight or like how long you, what's the visibility was mm-hmm. really good mm. compared to a, what it's normally like. Mm-hmm. And then the other days were more more like that, where it's hazy in the air everywhere because it's so humid and it was hot. Yeah, so it felt like um, Ohio. Ah, wow! So, and you have to. Oh, you know, yeah, good story by the way. First day, uh, they tell you to wear clothes that you can get rid of afterwards. Mm-hmm. Oh, great! I'm gonna take my CA pants. <laughs> <laughs> I can throw those out. Yeah. No problem. Uh, so gosh. have those on first day. Walk out. Go out out of the out of the the van. Um, pick up the stuff put them up on the, we're going to fly the first thing. And we, um, this little concrete thing was sitting up there. You could walk up on too. So we got a little bit more of a height difference and was nice not to sit on the grassy area or like that mossy stuff. Mm -hmm. And I, I jump up on it and (laughs) goes the pants (laughs) and it rips from my hip down to the knee. Oh my gosh. And I just start laughing. I'm like, man, <laughs> it's literally 10 minutes into the trip. Wow. And I don't have any pants. <laughs> and the guy just laughs at me, points at me. Uh, so I'm like, does anyone have any tape or, or anything? Yeah, any CA. <laughs> no, not CA. Never CA. <laughs> Medium. And it's like, yeah. And Sanders like, yeah, I have a roll of yellow duct tape. Oh, like, no. Fantastic. So oh I tape gosh. up the pants with the yellow duct tape, and that stuff does not breathe well. No, I can tell no. you that. Yes. No. So I spent the whole day with my whole leg taped in uh, yellow, like racing stripes. <laughs> yeah, I started out and like thinking, "Eh, it's fine. I'll just put one down the whole line and then a couple to hold it." But then uh-huh. it started letting loose. So in the end, I ended up with a whole leg taped. Uh-huh. I'm just walking around, and other people <laughs> look at me and like. And just point and stuff, oh, and I'm like, God. yeah, it's fine. That's funny. It's, so the yeah, the whole all, all the pictures from the first day, you'll see me with a yellow leg, and you'll see why. Oh man! Oh wow! That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, that was good. Uh, yeah, so we we flew there the rest of the day and got it was sunset. It was all nice. Started packing up, and out of nowhere, a fox shows up. Hmm. We're like, uh, he's just, and he comes out towards us. We're like, what the heck? And he's limping. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, sh- it has radioactive rabies <laughs> boxes right here. 
and he comes up and the guy's like, oh, that's the, that's our pet uh, fox. He survives by getting food from tourists. No kidding. Yeah. And it's, it's really friendly. It's still a little shy, but you can give him stuff out of your hand. Huh. Or her. Yeah. I think it's her. Uh, it's limping. It looks all sad. And, but it's really content with life. And I got so many good pictures of that. Oh, it was so cool. Everyone just gathers around. I really wanted to pet it. Man, love foxes. But that was so weird. It turned into a natural geographic photo <laughs> shoot in the evening. Man, that was, that was so cool. Huh. Wow. Now, did you see any, uh, any other animal? I mean, obviously the fox, but like any other bigger animals around anything at all, or was it pretty uh, dense? No, that was, it was, uh, in that area. The only thing that we saw was more or less that fox. We did see a couple of birds, mm-hmm. uh, but the further out you got, there was a lot of birds and there was a lot of catfish in, uh, in the streams there apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but otherwise, no, we didn't see anything. Hmm. Not really. There was dogs out further out in the perimeter. Yeah. And we t- pet some of them. They just had some puppies and it was super cute. Huh. Oh, interesting. But yeah, that was, that was kind of it. Yeah. So, was, so uh, even after what, how long it's been, 20 years or whatever, it's still very densely populated with anything like close you know in close to where uh the reactor and everything is i wouldn't i mean it's not super dense populated but i mean there's thousands of people around that area easily Hmm. like it's a lot more i thought it was going to be all barren yeah no one's here anymore and it's super radioactive everything is death and yeah like no it's fine yeah we had the swimming pool open to 96 and like (laughs) you're like what why did they close yeah, the pool again? I couldn't remember in 96. Oh, people that, I think it was 96, and they're like, yeah, people that worked at the uh, uh, at the other reactors need some place to swim. <laughs> okay. Huh. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Wow, so <laughs> that was uh, day three then, right? Last day there? Yeah, that was day three. Wow. Uh, or... Was it? Uh, yeah, day day four, if you count the day that we oh, landed. I got you. I got you. But day three in Chernobyl, and we only had three days there. So we mm-hmm. got all that we need. I mean, we could easily stay for a week. It's still sure. interesting. Yeah. Uh, and we we did get to go to a place that normal people, you know, like guide tours and everything, you're not allowed to go mm-hmm. normally. And it's these abandoned factories, two of them, uh, and they're big and they're multiple buildings those used to make electronics mm-hmm. but as soon as the um, the accident happened they were converted into making uh, disinfectant or what do you call that the cleaning things cleaning robots um, the tr- trucks and uh-huh. sanitation things yep. to to combat the problem so they actually set up two shops there where they made the stuff locally Uh so they could have it made really fast and take it in production and just get it out and fix stuff and those were really really cool places they were all the roofs were falling in and stuff so that's why they don't take Mm -hmm. tours there Mm -hmm. they don't want people 
get hurt and the guys flew around like crazy but uh me and Giacomo which is the um Italian guy who was on flight test one episode he's a friend of Chad's oh he, he yeah yeah down. yeah I know who he is yep oh yeah you did meet him yep. yeah that's right I did too yeah, yeah. um so he was there. Okay. He came in a couple of days late, and he was only there for the Chernobyl mm-hmm. stuff. Okay. But we went down. We went around doing just uh, exploration, urban exploration, mm-hmm. and then like, yeah, we were there for a couple of hours and just rummaging through things, just seeing how it was at that time. Like yeah. It was. It's really cool. I love it. love that stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm the same way. Absolutely fascinated by that stuff. Would you have flown yeah, your tri- so, Would you have flown your tricopter at the antenna if it wouldn't have been wrecked on the yes. first day? <laughs> yes, I would have. Do- I would have dove it afterwards and failed miserably. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I would have flown that like crazy. I would. Yeah, I would have flown all the batteries I have, and oh, then be wow. sad that I didn't have any more. <laughs> and yeah, that's what it pushed me over the edge to fix the the tricopter. That third day, so, at least, yeah. Yeah, so I skipped that dinner. I was so hungry. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah, um, that was it. Was an amazing experience. Just Chernobyl in general. If you ever plan on going there, it's it's not. I mean, it's safe. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna grow any extra arms or anything. The guide won't let you even close to anything that's dangerous. Yeah, and just don't steal things. Right. That's that's, that's it. Yeah, that's silly. Hmm. So here's a question from from a Rotor Riot production point. Has this changed things for them? Not really. Just, uh, like, do, do you think it's going to force them to do more of these adventure away oh, adventures? Yes. Or yeah. yeah. So Rotor Riot, what it is, is just following the guys doing interesting things, and episodes will emerge on their own because mm. this wasn't planned at yeah. all. That's just what they're after. So just go do cool things at cool places and start going around food. the world. Yeah. Wow. I'm pretty sure they're going to go to cool places while it's still possible. And it's yeah. kind of starting to become a race for people to get the most, the coolest places first. Yeah. Like you fly at the coolest, coolest places first is the, the new thing. Cool. Right. cool. Um, so we were still there um, two more days. Um, in in Kiev, mm-hmm. so we got to do some more cool stuff. Oh, yes! One of which we flew at a statue, the Mother of the Motherland. So it's a huge statue, like um, the huge Jesus statue that holds out its hands, kind of oh, yeah. like that, but with a uh, uh, with a sword and a shield with uh-huh. a USSR mark on it. Uh, huge metal thing. So we went there in the morning. We were supposed to go to a university and meet some people there and talk about things. Uh, so we went to the statue in the morning. And it was super hot. Uh, I was all ready to go. Sander jumps out and he says, I'm going to go first because <laughs> he hadn't flown that much um, before. So he takes off, goes full throttle towards the thing, flies around, is going to get a good shot, flies behind it. And he just falls out of the air. Oh. Uh, we're like, oh. I'm like, that's not going to be. We're going to get kicked out of here, and you're not going to get that thing back. Mm-hmm. And 
I might as well fly then at two because <laughs> it's going to take a couple of minutes for him to find us. Yeah. So I take up the tricopter and fly around a little bit and get some cool footage, take it back, land. And, and they had walked off then to that place and tried to get it back. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't get in there because uh, you can go up one, like, one level on it. Um, like at the base, you can't get to the base. You have to go inside of it and then out oh, okay. on top of a base. Yeah. So you have... You have to have permission to go in there. And we couldn't find anyone to let us in. And they said no and everything. And so we're like, okay, we really need to leave. Let's yeah. see if we can get back to this or whatever. Um, so that was literally like a 15-second flight. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Felt really bad for him. Oh. Uh, he had more thoughts, though. But and we're like, okay, so we're taking off. We go to the the museum. And that museum was awesome. We're like university, and they had this little... Thing. And then it was all Russian uh, jet engines and the really old planes. And oh, it was awesome. Love that. Um, had the stuff. And then we go out and we try to find some other cool places to fly. And in the end, they're like, anywhere you want to go? We're like, back to the statue. I'm like, okay. Just as we are going to jump into the car again, the one of the other guys, Ilya, that was um, from the Ukraine ro- racing things, he and his friend went to the statue, managed to sweet talks the 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 <laughs> the security. They're like, "Oh, we're trying to find this." Um, they're like, "Oh, it's a drone. You're not allowed to fly that. It's just like that's so illegal, and we're gonna call the police." And they're like, "Oh, calm down. Here's some money," and it was fine. <laughs> Really? The corruption is huge oh, in the Ukraine. Geez. I'm not supposed to say that, but it's a big yeah. problem. So the problem went away with some exchange of um, some funds, thing, uh, some notes. Yes. Wow. And so they got it back. They went, no they kidding. Had it. The, the copter was almost fine. One arm was broken. The, the cameras, everything was fine on it. And so we went back to that place and started flying again. Got some awesome footage, nice sunset, and awesome, mm, fantastic. And the guys started, the other guys, they since they fly uh, proximity and close stuff and like fly through things, they started walking towards the, we were quite a while, um, a bit away from the statue because mm-hmm. we didn't want to get in. If we got into trouble, we could scarper. Yeah. More or less. And the, uh, so they started walking down and there was this, square just in front of the i mean it was huge there was tanks sitting on this thing and there was a huge fountain of men just going in with the flag raising the flag and like in battle and stuff were committed like war memorials more or less and there was tunnels that you could walk through and because you could walk on the up uh, the top side of things as well and these tunnels were really, really cool to fly through. So the guys uh, stood down there on the square and started flying around there. And the guys that were spotting, they kind of stopped people from walking through that part when they were flying mm-hmm. and all that. So they got some really cool footage. And, and then I'm like, I don't want to stay up here. So I walked down to them as well. So we're kind of all down there. And the security guards come out. I'm like, oh, okay, this, this, this is going to be good. Just, yeah, we're like, oh, that's, yeah, and they have like machine guns and oh my gosh, batons and stuff like yeah, yeah, but they're just standing there. 
I'm like, okay, I might as well get a flight in then. Let's we'll start playing around. Um, and Chad Nowak follow, follows me. We fly together. Really like playing with the guys. They're awesome. But uh, So I flew with Chad, and we flew around. And I go up, and I land on it, the statue. No. Oh, man, that was yeah, and he got it on film, so that was really cool. So I flew around like crazy, dove it, went back, landed. I'm like, okay, I got all all the footage I want from this place. I'm I'm good. I don't want to crash yeah. the tricopter now and lose all the footage. So kind of packed up, and we're standing there flying around like crazy. And one of the security guards blows his whistle. A whistle. We're like, oh, now we're gonna get into trouble. And he's like, oh, and starts walking down the stairs. And the other guy, he kind of hangs back, but it starts walking too. And he's like, oh, oh, oh. and there's, and he walks over to the, the fountain, and there's this eight-year-old girl-ish uh, jumping in the fountain. And that's what he got upset about. Oh, not you guys <laughs> flying around with this poor eight-year-old girl in a fountain. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> but then he comes over, and he's like, oh, I... Uh, the um, people have been complaining a bit that what you're doing is not safe. So uh, if you can stop it, I'd be grateful. Like, and we're like, okay, yeah, we're done. no problem, dude. Like, you're carrying a machine yeah, gun. Yeah. 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 So did they yeah, speak? Like, did they speak English then? No, we had the uh, oh the tour guy, the Ukrainian guys with the uh, not the tour guy, oh. but the other Ukrainian people. They oh, were always okay. with us. I got gotcha. you. Happened. Oh my gosh. Wow, that would be tough, man. Show a place like that, and there's armed guards with machine yeah, guns and, and didn't flying. speak English. And I was, there ain't that's no tempting. in Russia. I mean, no like way. I don't, tempting uh, yeah. danger imprisonment. It's oh, like yeah. Be stuck in some Russian prison over there. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting, but um, it, didn't feel, it didn't feel unsafe at any point because there was spectators everywhere. It still feels like a somewhat civilized country, even though it's a war zone. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, it was fine. It's good that we have, they were sweet talkers as well. So. I was going to say, as long as a Ukrainian guy said, Hey, we're good. Let's go. I guess we'd yeah. be all right. Huh? Yeah. And they start talking about showing the drones and stuff and they're like, get to test on the goggles and they're like, well, Oh, oh yeah. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was, so that was good. Well, went home that evening, gotten reasonably early night for once. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I should tell the story, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, you might as well. Nobody listens to this dumb show anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> uh, it was like a couple of the guys was down, like Anthony and some uh, some other people. Mm-hmm. They were in nice Ukrainian hotels. There's these ladies that are lightly dressed that sits at the bar. Ah. In the yeah, and the, so they were they were flying they they were flying the tiny whoops down in the uh, they were wondering what the heck is what, what are you doing the 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 nice ladies and so they they tried to get them to fly them teach them how to fly it and they're like thought it was really funny and. They apparently flew into the bosom of one, and things happened, and I'm pretty glad I wasn't there. <laughs> but it was fine. So one of the, the nice ladies got to actually fly the tiny whoop. I don't know if we have footage of that or not, but I really want to see it. Yeah, huh. it sounds like it. 
That sounds rather that was, interesting. <laughs> yeah, so that was the uh, non-kid-friendly part of this show. Uh, that wasn't uh, too last, bad. No, it wasn't. Nah, I could have said it worse. Yeah. Uh, no, it was great. Um, so the next day, got up early, jump on a bus, or jump on our bus, drive for an hour and a half, two hours, stop, get on another bus into an airfield. And we're driving down, and these awesome planes start emerging on the sides. The Antonov oh, headquarters. I seen, I seen your picture of that. So we got invited <clears throat> to fly around the Antonov 225 and 22A planes. Wow. Fly, fly the copters around the world's largest airplane. And there's one in existence. And we get to fly around that thing doing power loops and stuff. Wow. I don't know what the heck they told these guys, but they were completely fine with it. Jeez. So, yeah, we pull up and the world's largest airplane stands nose-to-nose with the largest propeller airplane. So, that was pretty cool. No kidding. I'm like, get out of my way, I'm flying. Yes. Wow. So I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to, this is my dream. Like you can take Chernobyl and everything. This is the thing I'm going to do. Yeah. And I was shaking so bad. Really? Like the, the first couple of flights, I was so shaky because like this is a one in a lifetime yeah. opportunity of a thing that will not be in existence for that much longer. Right. Like they will not continue flying this thing forever. Did they, did they let you go in it or anything, or just uh, fly around it? So we flew around it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a pretty cool sound. Oh, okay, so it landed, talked a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, we're going to open the nose now. No. Right, okay. Uh, yeah, and they want footage of it opening. Uh-huh. Was like, mm, so they, they open the nose. We fly around like maniacs, as usual. And then we get to go land and everything, because I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to go in the thing. So you get to go into the plane. And that cargo bay is just, it's huge. Like, you, you cannot understand how big it is. Like, they have, the like, the wheels on this plane, like, they're just the wheels. You can stand and lean on the wheels with your, like, your elbow. Mm-hmm. And there's, I Still think there's, wheel. I mean, there's. There's how many wheels is there? I think it's wait, I'm gonna take a pic uh, see on the picture. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven pairs, I believe. Oh jeez. Nice. On each side. On each side? On each oh, yeah. side of the plane. So it's oh my like, gosh. I mean, that's like a the size of a bus in wheels on each side. Yeah. So when you go in there, like you can this plane can easily <sighs> transport um uh a Globemaster. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy cow! You can stuff one in there, like that. Well, it's no problem. Chris, you've seen the you've seen the galaxy before, right? The yeah. C5 galaxy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, this this thing this thing is like what? Just a, it's it's what a couple. It's well, it's bigger. It's I mean, I it's huge. I don't. It's it's huge. Did Did you guys get to fly through the aircraft with the with the nose open and tail down? Uh, tail does not go down on that. Oh, okay. So right. it's only so nose. It's, but yes, we flew inside of it. 
Turn around, of course, yeah, of course, why not? Like so they have the APU the... on, mm-hmm. uh, and that APU is louder than the 737. <laughs> Jeez. It's, it's probably yeah. the same size engine as the 737, just on the <laughs> APU. Probably. Oh, it was so loud. Uh, but yeah, we were like, okay, I was going to go through this thing. Um, up, I want to see the cockpit. And they were flying tiny whoops in the cockpit. Oh, my gosh. So they're flying in the cockpit out through the window into the other plane's cockpit, the, the Antonov 22A, the prop version. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so cool. So I uh, was in the cockpit, everything. They had AC on. I think that's why they left the APU running because yeah. the, the crew wanted the AC and they right. sat up there and ha- hung out. It's like you're running an APU that draws like the, yeah. the same amount of fuel as a normal jetliner right. just to run the AC. Jeez whiz. But they have like, they have the sleeping quarters, they have a, a kitchen and it's like, it wasn't bad. And then they're like, okay, so take the stairs and you'll get up on the plane. I'm like, get out. What, you, what? Really? Yeah, you. Yeah, so you take this staircase and jump through this little uh, hatch in the top, and you get to walk on the plane. Oh my gosh! So I got to walk on the Antonov on the top. Oh my gosh! Lay down on it. We walked all over it. Like, and it's it's absolutely massive. It's. I mean. I can't believe that you get to walk on it. That is awesome. That would be one of the best selfies oh ever. Yes, and I got tons of that. <laughs> I might know where this all this the, video is going to be released. This is my so first time anything. ever I've taken a selfie. Wow. Like, and I, t- and I take, took a lot of them. Yeah. So, oh, man, it was cool. So, yeah, I walked around there and then went into the 22A, walked up, up on that, up on the tail, took selfies from the 22 to the... Antonov 225, uh, out the the window in the cockpit, took selfies there. And, like, they were so chill. They just let us do whatever we wanted and just, I don't know. That's unbelievable. I know, right? I landed a tricopter on it, the the tail of the 225, Mm -hmm. and I booped the nose with it. No. The nose was up, and I landed on the nose, like, No one said anything. That's like, crazy. It was completely chill. You would never get away with that here. Mm-hmm. Never. I know, right? I mean, it's just ah, it's weird. And I crashed in the um, in the tail of the two twenty two A as well with Tommy again. Jeez. <laughs> so I flew into it. They had the tail open, turned, uh, and there was people in there. I saw on the sides. So I'm like, I'm not gonna turn around just in case. Something goes wrong, and I back into one of them. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to back up. And Tommy had followed me in. Oh, and you didn't so I'm know it. forward stop, start going other, other way. It's like, oh, so it exploded. And um, com- Tricopter was completely fine. His quad was completely fine. Oh, just good. Just changed a prop, and it just was fine. Yeah. But it was going to, yeah, Tommy again. I'm like, <laughs> sorry. Uh, so, I mean, ah, man, that was so cool. Like, how how often do you get to do that? And I got the signature of all the crew, and I got to meet Good. the pilot. Good. Wow. Oh, oh so cool. Oh, man. Yep. So when are we going to uh, see some of that footage? Yeah, and where is this? Is it going to be on rcexplorer.se? Or? I'm going to have some from that trip, yes. Like, I shot just... 
random stuff. It was not planned, and I was in ah, like euphoria. So I don't <laughs> know. It's all of it. Yeah. It's not going to be in focus. It's going to be overexposed, and <laughs> it's I I don't know. It's just I hope I get something. Oh, but I'm sure you yeah, will. all the flying in that. I'll release a video of that too. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Sounds but like yeah, you need I need to touch base stuff. with Chad and hear his stories, too. Wow. Oh, man, that was so cool. So, such an airplane geek. I didn't I didn't think I would ever see one, like, uh, see it in yeah. real life. I thought, yeah. Because it was in Farnborough in 1990. Like, it doesn't show up on air. Right. Like, air shows that often. I'm like, oh, man, time that sometime. And then I get to freaking sit on it and i lay down and took a cell uh, like a, a picture of me like in the draw me like one of your french girl poses <laughs> <laughs> life wow. is strange sometimes oh that's just phenomenal it unreal is, it is i didn't you expect can carry to carry 250 tons 250 tons wow yeah. amazing wow yeah, Do you, yeah, how- incredible how many are there? Do you have any idea? Is that like the only one? one? Just one. 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 Just it was. One. Yes. Yeah. That's. Oh. It's a unique airplane they built to carry uh, a spacecraft, oh, a okay. re-entry spacecraft to test that, but mm-hmm. it never happened, so they scrapped it. Oh. They built the plane. It was finished. They hardly did anything, and then they scrapped it, and then they um, they repaired it. The and then it flew again in '88, I think. Hmm. Something. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. So, yeah, it was just sitting and and they restored it and started flying it again. Huh. You know, I wonder that made me think a little bit. I mean, maybe it's something to check into. We have all these giant grave uh, aircraft graveyards over here in the states, like out in Phoenix or Nevada and places. I wonder if they could get permission to go fly there. I bet you could, because I've seen some people film some stuff there. So that would be cool too. Yeah, that would be awesome. Just, yeah. Uh, if you're a person that knows a person, yeah. let us know. Yeah, that would be sweet. That so. would be so cool. Man. Wow. What a podcast. Like, I'm, geez, yeah, whiz. Man. Um, anything else you wanted to throw in there before we end it? Or was there? Uh, I think that was pretty uh, pretty much it. I want to thank the uh, the awesome Ukrainian drone racing guys. Uh, they were really nice people, uh, all of them. But we got the, the guides. They were phenomenal. They helped us around and got us uh, back in one piece and not dead. So Mm -hmm. thank you. Oh, awesome. Oh, hey, one thing too, I wanted to uh, give a big thank you to, uh, man, now I've drawn a blank. Andre, help me. Uh, Steven, that uh, put together the Gotha gaggle. Um, ben Greenwald oh, wow. got a ho- got a hold of me, got my address, and Steven sent out some posters for all of us. So I have oh, them. Oh, excellent! Yes, excellent. Good, good, good. So big thank you to Rasterizer. Yes. yes, yeah, that was that was really really nice of him to actually you know take the time, put them in a uh, thing, and send them to me. So I have some for everybody. I think Martin's got mine, but uh, we we I think it got they might have gotten a little mucked up with the storm that we got hit by on that Monday, but yeah. So, other than that, I think that's it. Mike, you got anything else you wanted to add, or I had a few good? little things, but nothing. Okay. No, I'm good. All right. 
Well, man, guys, that was that was good. I highly enjoyed that. It was fun uh, to get the little crew back together. I haven't seen or talked to you guys for a long time. Uh, good Likewise, podcast. Yeah. yeah. So, David, thanks for everything. Thanks to RC Explorer for helping us out. Oh, yes. And, uh, yeah, so go check out rcexplorer.se for all your tricopter needs. Um, <laughs> it was great hearing your story of your... <laughs> You're at that event. Yeah, that's, you know, like you said, that's, that's a once in a lifetime life. thing. Or never. I'll yeah, never or, I never will either. You know, to, so for it's somebody to, to actually that. be there, do that, share the experience. Of, yeah, that, that was, was incredible. Right. I mean, you you could almost make a documentary out of, of what you guys did over there, you know? Yeah, we were talking about that uh, a little bit, just uh, getting a little bit more, because it's normal people just – yeah hanging out it's yeah it's it's a different perspective from right. people that fly drones yeah i to- yeah I totally agree and and like you were saying it's you know the way they kind of hype it up and and make it look on on you know certain aspects where you know it wasn't like that so to see your you guys and there and your perspective i think would be rather interesting mm-hmm. yeah so. Yeah, that would be cool. I'm, you look forward to the Rotor Riot episodes. So it's going to be kind of spread out, I think. They're going to mix it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see how they do it. But yeah, right. I think that's what they're going to do. Mm. Who's doing most of the filming for the Rotor Riot now? Christian. Oh, really? So, no kidding. Christian Capper does the uh, most of the video and video editing as well. No kidding. Wow. Yep. That boy is stepping it up, yeah, huh? Yeah, I guess. Like, yeah. Wow. All right, guys, we're getting out of here. We've been here a long time. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, like I said, go check out the uh, FT After Hours Instagram, and now we got our Facebook up and Twitter, and you know we'll throw some stuff out there for you. Or uh, like I said, if you have any questions or problems or concerns or whatever, shoot me an email at chris at flighttest.com. And we're going to get out of here all and right. go enjoy the rest of our Great Sunday. Time, guys. Yes, See thanks. You. Thank you very much. We will talk to all of you very soon. See ya. Bye. Bye.